Hello and welcome to Elite Cadre. Our last recording turned out to be a lot more informal than normal. I know that you're surprised by that and deeply shocked and saddened, but there we go. What we've decided to do is, rather than spend a lot of time editing it, which would probably make it unlistenable, um, we're just going to put it out there for you to have a listen to. Okay, on with the show. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a cut. Um, oh, what a welcome reception that was. <laughs> it's only going to get worse. Um, so I've played shot, two, two games so far, Bench. Uh, uh-huh. Both against Phoenix, um, because both John and Nick like Phoenix. Is that the blue? Yeah. No, it's yeah. orange. No, that's orange. Blue is uh, the swat, a crane, isn't it? Crane. Uh, light blue is crane, dark blue is crab. Yeah, crane... No, my friend played as Crane. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've played as Crab. I cannot play as Crab. Um, crabby. I'm switching to either Dragon, Scorpion, or Lion. This uh, is already L5R. We were, we were going to have a chat before you came along, but you, then you came in. So I'm sorry. What? Talk, I can talk about magic instead. No, no, you can't. Banned forever if you talk about magic. All right. I played. Like that, I played that once. One yeah. evening. Got stoned. That was it. <laughs> what, you got stoned by your opponent, or did you... No. No, there um, we go. not in a drug therapy world. No, I've been played it one evening, and that's it. What, what, what have you got against Magic? Um, not Kurt, because I could probably guess, but... Mike, what have you got, considering you like flicking cards? That... It's got a pretty bad rule set. Really? Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Because the combat is really imprecise. Because I... Okay, did you ever play WoW TCG? Uh, I have all the cards, but I've never played it. Okay. Do you have a, a passing knowledge of magic? I, I play magic. Okay. So, imagine if magic... Um, let's say you are mana screwed. You've got no lands in your hand. Yeah, okay. you're fucked. Yep. Not in WoW. Because in WoW, what you do is you pick one of the cards in your hand, you put it face down in front of you, it then produces a resource. Okay. Uh, yeah. I can understand that, but magic games tend to be quicker. It's not just that, though. What's that? You then have the fact that there is no combat. Whenever you can um, cast a non-instant on your turn, you can declare an attack. And you don't say, I'm attacking you. It's, no, I'm attacking this ally over here, that ally over there. I'm attacking you directly. Yeah. And unless they've got protector, they can't stand in the way. You can't just have that whole thing of this one large body stands in the way every turn. Damage was cumulative, which meant that you know if you got something with six health, it took three damage. It was going to be on three damage until it died. I, I can understand that. I can understand that. There are issues, and the reason that I prefer... And I know some of these mechanics have transferred into Hearthstone as well. But the idea is that you build a well-rounded deck. You can you can still get screwed on mana. The combat is, yes, try and hit people in the face. I mean, and... you, you'd have to build a well-rounded deck with WoW as well. But otherwise, you were face-downing important cards that were relevant to your plan. No, I can show... I'm not, I'm not saying you can't. I, oh, I'm yeah, saying yeah. that the deck building is maybe a little bit more finessed in Magic. I, I mean... I, I would disagree. I think it's about on a par. Considering that one of the people that designed it came from a magic background and then went back to playing magic. 
I'm going to get um, a drink. Back a sec. <laughs> Sorry, Kurt. <laughs> no, I need, I need alcohol before we do this. Don't you? I've driven him to drink. Yeah, Magic the Gathering need alcohol. Mm. Hey, I, I understand. I just can't understand why you wouldn't then... I mean, most what happens in most of those games is people just sweep up and then start again. And then maybe add a, you know stuff from the sideboard. You have to go. It is kind of weird when we were first starting out. When my my boss actually got a, like a. Um, I have I have played Magic like way in the distant past. Yeah. Um, I was playing tail end of fifth into eighth. Okay. Um, but the fact is, now that I've played what I consider to be the fixed version of Magic, Magic feels like crap. Okay. It it doesn't do anything. Okay. So it, it's really hard to go back, which is why the card games I've latched onto since have been things that have been quite different from Magic, because yeah. you, you can't say that Netrunner is like Magic, or that... Um, mm, yeah, you can. You can say that it does. What? Sorry? Really? I mean, Netrunner, it, I, other than being a card game, mm. Netrunner has almost none of the principles of Magic in it. Really? I disagree. You're not dealing with creatures. You're dealing with something that's <clears throat> much more amorphous than a life total. There's an awful lot of bluff involved on both sides. Hmm. It's a very, very different experience. Uh, I would say, well, I fucking hate Netrunner for a start, so I, I would definitely say it's a different experience. Um, Netrunner Net is all it is more of a mind game. Oh, it's yeah, and um, that's not fun. It's just. Like literally, oh, are you going to? And there's so many different fucking ices for so many different, and the cards are just. You spend half the time. I know people say that the rules are, you know, long text, long form text on magic cards, but reading some of those rules, and because it's an FFG game as well, some of the rules are never, not always nuanced as well. It's written quite ambiguously. FFG uh, have a really bad habit of those kind of things as well. Initially, yes, they did tighten up on it. Yeah, I know, but by that point, to be honest, I'm sitting on quite a few expansions in there on than the core set, and I, I can't probably ever shift it, so I just set it on fire, probably. Well, they've, they've got the new core now, so it's yeah. all been rebooted. Um, oh, what? Has it been completely rebooted, like card design no, and everything? No, 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 no. The, the, the design and mechanics haven't been rebooted, but they've essentially kicked out most of the core set okay. because there, there was stuff like Yog. Um, that was really limiting their design. Um, so that's because that was in the original box, it was never going to cycle out. Mm. So they had to say, uh, right, let's kick this to the curb, start again. Yeah, but that's not a downside for them because they end up releasing a new core set that makes them more money from people. That is the biggest, like, and that's one of those things where I've sunk money into a game but never played it because I felt annoyed about the money that I sunk into it. I couldn't play that game if someone stuck a gun to my head. I was fucking vehemently hate it. You're going to get annoyed about L5R, though? No, not really. It's removed. It's not as complex as that. Oh, no, no. I'm talking about the expansions. Do you know what's happening? Oh, I've seen six packs in six weeks. It's fucking started. My friend has just bought uh, the core set for me before payday. I I bought a core set for Nick because... He got me some really sparkly X-Wing dice. Oh, uh, nice. And I said, oh, do you want to play L5R? And he went, I can't afford it. I was like, yeah, you can now. Here's a box. We're going to yeah. play. And then he uh, whooped me quite succinctly. 
And you um, played the card game, and you played the card game as well. Mm, because Phoenix are quite hard. I think t- to to me, I don't think I'll probably expand beyond a couple of boosters in the core set, and um, probably just play it with friends. It's not going to be one that I go anywhere with. It's not. I'm liking it enough so far that I can see myself continuing to play it. Um, Plus, the people that play card games are slightly weirder than those that play with little tiny soldiers as well. That's really jury's well out on that, really. Mm, I don't know about that. If you see Friday Night Magic, no, I, I, I think I, I they, they both have their extremes, but because of how much bigger card game tournaments tend to be, mm-hmm. you're more likely to run yeah. into those extremes. I suppose you don't need any kind of investment to play card games, do you? No, in I, I don't mean money. I mean time. I mean you spend money on both, currently, but yeah, there time. isn't. There isn't. Uh, um... I mean, it, essentially, I can turn oh, it to an L five R tournament with the contents of this box. Is you going to talk to a sock the whole day? I can't <laughs> understand them. You are a bit robotic, Alex. And wearing a balaclava as well. No, it does sound like he's eating six pairs of socks. Um, uh, yeah, of socks. Nice. No, that's better. La 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 la. Um, uh, but on. yeah, I uh, know. I was just saying that the tournament people, like, yeah, if you do see them, um, they spend a hell of a lot of money on their their cards if they lose because of that. Sometimes, I know, everyone's got the same kind of models in in War Machine, and you can play them like however the fuck you want. Yeah, but uh, the, the the same kind of applies to an LCG because everyone's got the same card. Yeah, well, people are still weird in that though. I don't know, car 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 people are weird. It it puts me off. I mean, I'm already put off going to War Machine tournaments anyway because people <laughs> scare me. But going to uh, going to like a uh, a card game. Are you uh, not going tournament. to the tournament in London then, Benj? Oh, yeah, I mm, debate. I after I lost the game to the Grimkin again, that I nearly literally lodged that Crusader in my friend's throat. Um, go, go to go to London, play people with different factions, and see. I I, I feel bad because I, I like my friend. I just wanted to see him die. Like I actually at that point, I I was at a point where I was when I was starting to learn Mark Two. And it just all came back to me. It just oh, the the cricks bullshit came of my. Ah, there we go. We, we've got an Alex saying his internet connection is terrible. He's trying to sort it out. He thinks he may have to drop out. Um, if you need to, Alex, you need to. But um, I, I I do understand because you're kind of not in an area with great mobile signal either. So where is it? Can you hear me okay now? Oh, okay. There's something there. Yeah, I can. I could hear that. Keep talking. It's not talking. No, not got anything there. It's gone muted. So I, I can't really see the, the the user icons because it's right behind the uh, the pop screen from a microphone. Oh, okay, it's probably best, really. Well, the, the, pretty much the entire left-hand monitor of the PC is um, invisible. Kurt, what have you been playing, anyway? But he's not there. His face. That's what he's been playing. <laughs> um, yeah, um, so uh, that game... When, when really... is that tournament in London? Oh, it's the next weekend. Oh, no, it's the weekend after, sorry. I was going to say... Yeah, I need to write some lists. Alex, uh, Alex can't really hear us either, apparently. Right. I wasn't into uh, Fiend Palooza. It wasn't that great for my faction. So. Not without the CID changes as well. Uh, I would have to say Menoth is still a personal bane of mine. Uh, well, feel free to come to the tournament. I'll just play you for five rounds. <laughs> I, cannot, 
I cannot break down uh, Menos in an hour. Yeah, the, fact, really the fact that they have to bring out though, a five-point solo that does fit into Exemplar Interdiction to fix Errants, to give them Pathfinder, I still don't, I still don't understand that, because then... Oh, they he, lost that. What? Have they lost that? Yeah, they, lo- they lost that. They gained okay. Assault from the UA and Spell Immunity for one turn with the mini feat. So okay. they're a speed five. Uh, AD. Oh, a- AD with an extra inch or so on the, uh, with the theme deployment. But then you run into a, a crap load of terrain. Uh, you get rebuked or you get fucking, you know, just shot. Death 12 is the biggest issue. So they had to balance it somehow because they're armor 16. But armor doesn't really seem to be a thing. No. So, uh, and they're supposed to be the nippier knights. So, then giving them a model that gives them Pathfinder with the command of nine, I believe, is still iffy for them. Five points, five points that takes up potentially another UA that you can add to a nice exemplar unit, which gives them a whole fuck ton of options. I mean, he's great himself. He can handle gremlin swarms by himself. That is. That is great. His five okay. points. Who can? Uh, new, did Elias, Elias Gade or whatever his name is. Yeah. The new um Aaron Solo. Yeah. Okay. Uh, double crossbow, Joby. He can. So he oh, can. Two crossbows. That's completely logical. I mean, how would you reload? You know what? His. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's not start that again. But still, uh, nice callback. And yeah. uh, seconds. Uh, they are rotary crossbows. You can see them in the artwork. It. It. You know, obviously with PP plastics, it looks like they're just holding. Like a big a, lump of cheese, yeah, yeah, a smelted lump of cheddar. Um, uh, but um, in, in Elias's model, you can actually see the rotary mechanisms and like the the the, the drum mag. So fuck everyone. Um, uh, he's still. Um, do we have his stat? Where is he? Oh no, that's magic cards. Boom. Shush you. I don't know how to spell this. I'm typing in Elise. Oh, fucking new men are so low. <laughs> oh. oh, no wonder I didn't get my order ship. Sorry, I'm just looking through my um, my spam folder. It's like, no wonder I didn't get told my double Zeta Gundam had been shipped. It was in my spam folder. You mean you look there? Why'd you look there? It's full of spam. Uh, I'm looking for emails off uh, like someone who very often ends up going into my spam folder. Uh, Nick, I see, yeah. No. That's funny. I fished I, out. I did meet up with Nick um, during the week. Well, oh, that was 5R, and you don't want to hear about that. Oh, you meet up with Nick, but you don't meet up with me. Yeah, that's because Nick is five minutes from my house. I am 55. He doesn't, he doesn't live there. He's always just five minutes. Five minutes. He you're never five minutes away. You're never more than five minutes away from Nick Topham. No, well, you're not. I'm never more than five minutes away from James Brown. That's true. What well, I Old gag. That is an old gag. Yeah, but that that that's got some vintage on it. That one. It does. It does. I'll just check the back garden a second. Right? <laughs> Turn on and the floodlights. There, 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 there is. There is. What? I don't oh know wow! Alex's internet like... is so bad he can't drop the call. It's so wow. what? Alex's internet is so bad he can't drop the call. He can't even drop the call. He's forever trapped in this call. That sounds like a song. Much like the rest of us, actually. But there we go. <laughs> yes. Can we actually just refer to him for an answer? We can ask him like terrible questions and. Like set him up, and then he'll never be able to answer. Uh, Alex, what do you think about this? Uh, say nothing if you just think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you agree, say nothing. Oh, I, I will say that last weekend, um, I, I did find a way uh, for um, 
mercs to play into Dark Host. Eh? Dear God. Um, so, uh, Adam Court has been recommending uh, a Fiona list to me. I looked uh-huh. at it and thought, what does this do against Menoth? Uh, against, sorry, against Cricks? This, this does. I don't even know or understand what this does. Um, then I put it on the table. Uh, I took out a full unit of Bane Knights, half wow. another unit of Bane Knights, slammed Dara Wraith backwards through Gatsby, and took out two lights in one turn. Um, with yeah, this is with um, Fiona. With mm-hmm. I've always liked her. Uh, the Commodore. Mm-hmm. A Mangler, uh, full Kayazi, uh, full. Oh, what are you? Uh, what are Do you want idioms? a bad joke warning? Does the Commodore not just lack harmony? Ugh. Ugh. Um, yeah, I did say it was bad. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, just just watching him as he came in on feet turn. And he asked me what the fit, the guy playing me asked me what the feet was. And he said, and I said, okay, it's minus one die to hit and minus one die of damage. Okay, right, I get you. So I, I lose a die to hit, I lose a die of damage. Yep, so you only roll one unless yeah, you're boosting. Ineffective right. turn, yeah. And your control area is 14. Yeah, so that covers most of my army. There's, yes. there's very few places you can be and attack my stuff and not be my controller because you're entirely melee. Okay. That's when he charged four Bane Knights into the Mariner. Because he thought they were weapon masters, therefore they'd be right. Yeah. Uh, four Bane Knights into the Mariner, which were Matt, six. Uh, okay. So one die. It's Def 12. Six is to hit. Miss, 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 miss. Oh, shock. Oh. I don't think I appreciated how bad this feat was. But yeah. The rest of you guys are charging into Kayazi. They miss. <laughs> so, so, so that's what, what was that, was that momentary was, Alexa impression? Was you that know? just? Was that just? Did you win that game? Was that? Or did no, you three I, I, I basically I completely hosed one side and was scoring CPs um, like every turn. Yeah. The problem was that to get where I had, I, I tried to take out uh, his machine race with the um, Adrians by putting. Um, the magical weapon spell on them. Uh-huh. It's short enough range that it put me sort of rather inconveniently in Gatsby assassination range. Couldn't you have an arc node in it? Not having an arc node at that point, no. Couldn't you wait? She's got the Talgesh mark, hasn't she? Yes, but that would mean having another model within six inches. Mm, okay. The, the, the problem is you've you've kind of got to to do that. You've got, I've got the two focus. But I hadn't got a model there to put it on who was not engaged. Okay. Um, so it, it was really quite annoying. So Elias Gay is Matt 7, Rat 7, Death 12, Arm 16, Pathfinder Assault. So he has Assault as well. Uh, yeah. And Pathfinder um, rules. Not, not a huge chunk of rules, but Call to Sacrifice. So. Yeah. Uh, leadership, uh, wilderness models, command range, friendly for Errant's game Pathfinder. His command, as I said, was nine. He has prey, personal prey himself. Which, yeah, I saw that. Hmm. Uh, and true sight. So we have an answer, and it costs five points. It's just, and now the Errant package, which for some reason has unyielding as well with the, with the, with the Seneschal. I don't understand. 
I don't understand. Well, they all gain unyielding from him. Oh, uh, no, no, no. That's from, from the Seneschal. Oh, from the Seneschal, right. Yeah, so the Seneschal, which is another four. That's the errant, errant Seneschal. Errant Seneschal. So a unit plus UA, which is the cheapest UA, which is four, plus that. Mm, it's just such a, an expensive package when you can get Adrian's and um, although they don't work as well in theme. Yeah, I don't know, errant's bit weird. They they seem to work for other people. It's just I've I've always really liked them a lot. Mm, I used to like them. I, I will say in the current version of the game, Idrians are an utter murder machine if you get your prey right. Mm. That, didn't that, that happen at the start of Mark Two as well. That's what took out for me an entire unit of um, Bane Knights in a single turn. Because when you're going up and they're effective, well, they're, they're effective rat nine because the Bane Knights had run in and their power 13 was like, yep, just start taking them off. Can you have a male succubus? Uh, yes. Incubus. Incubus. Yeah. Well, this isn't right then. The new uh, Legion Solo is a succubus, but is quite clearly a man. It'll be a keyword related thing now, won't it? That's why it's called a succubus. But yeah. um, succubus, it, the male succubus effectively is an incubus, but then. Then that's just—it's all, yeah. That's literal rather than. Well, um, she plays very fast and loose with a lot of this stuff. Well, so does everything, isn't it? Really. Well, so does GW at times. Is that what you've been playing? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we are now the officially the multi-game. Well, we, cast. we have been for a while. We just occasionally revert back to only playing War Machine and then uh, diversify again. Uh, yeah. I do Sorry, like. I find, what I can't I'm find. Hang on, I'm now watching a team of NASA astronauts playing with a fidget spinner. In zero. <laughs> well, it just doesn't stop. Eventually well, stops it does, friction. because there's still wind resistance, but... And friction, but much, yeah. but much less friction. It's the fact that when they let go of it, it just stays there. Oh, oh wow. yeah. yeah. That's nifty. Started spinning, let go, and then does the middle turn, or the outer turn, or a bit of both? Mm. Yeah, so it turns, but the guy's essentially almost playing Pong with a fidget spinner. That's kind of cool. Oh, uh, what have I done with that? I'm not pro fidget spinner, but that, that was kind of cool. No, I'm not. I have a few that were free that the children have, and that's it, because it's a thing, isn't it? The children all love it, but <laughs> that's that's why they're in my house. Otherwise, I, I, no. I have a fidget and that's oh, right. One of those things that makes some clicky noises and has interesting switches. and Yeah, it keeps my levels of autism at bay. Okay. But we're, all, we're all on the spectrum. So. Different spectrum, though. That's why they call it a spectrum bench? I, 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 all right. It goes from zero to one. All right. All right. Well, you're just and immaculate. You're off the spectrum. Totally. But uh, sometimes, but there are other spectrums as well. Yes. Spectrum is green. That's Can true. you be on the spectrum if you're on a zero? You're still yeah. on it. Technically. But, but you are at the um, yeah one. I, I, I understand that, but like, how can you be something that is a zero? Generally speaking, saying you're on the spectrum refers to you being like at least halfway along. It generally yeah. what people mean, isn't it? Yeah. I, also, but, yeah, a reasonable, a reasonable level of it. Where the hell are my headphones? <laughs> Your children have hidden them. They have uh, well, the said It's because I played 40k and they were on the table, and I've, I remembered that I dumped them on the coffee table, and I cleared the coffee table to play 40k, and I wanted to plug them in to charge them and dump an album on them for tomorrow, and I can't work out what I've done with them. I'm like, uh, they can't be on the bike because they washed it, and I've detected <laughs> it as well, and they're still not. I'm like, oh my god, what have I done? What are my, my friends? Headphones? One of my friends did. I haven't yet. It did cross my mind, though. One of my friends who who thinks like you, Mike, and doesn't like magic, they did say that the thing that actually did draw a lot of people, himself included, was the artwork, which is amazing. And yeah, magic. Yeah. And the fact that 
there isn't really like you can play the game without having to understand like a coherent backstory and you can kind of make the characters is a kind of like they look like they have a backstory but you don't know it you kind of build your own kind of like deck and adventure kind of thing well most of us started playing 40k before we understood the backstory for a, for a number of years it's a very slow grow learning thing really really i i actually learned more of the backstory before i ever put miniatures down on a table no, I didn't learn about the backstory until um, well after I started playing 40k. Yeah, I played, I played Space Hulk I got... and I played 40k for years before I really got into it. I mean, it was hard to find it to start off with. It was there around, hmm. but um, you're talking about Rogue Trader wasn't a bad resource and expansion books and Mark II books started really fleshing it out. Uh, um, Mark II was second dead, whatever. Hmm. And, well, the, um, the second Ed in the box ones was were were all over the place. The main background they had was the background on the guns, which yeah. some of that was really cool to read. Mm. Um, yeah, they had a they had an individual war gear book, which was really interesting. That was, yeah. It, it, if you ever find a copy of that, that is. Uh, I that believe is I've got one. I've mind. got one. It's on the yeah. shelf. Um, it's in a box the, in the loft. The first. War, uh, like Warhammer products that I think I had was the Ultramarines Codex, the second one. So, and that's what what I read. So, I remember uh, buying the second Ed Eldar Codex while my girlfriend at the time was looking at university. I remember sitting outside the University St Mary's in uh, Teddington with second Ed Eldar Codex, and it was like she was in the in the college for like ten minutes. Because I was absorbed by it. She was in there like three hours. I sat in the car reading this book for like three hours. <laughs> yeah, I remember first, that. first GW thing, like uh, book was I bought, was actually White Dwarf 199. Oh, so really I did own 100. I remember buying 100 um, before I was really into the hobby as such, but I bought 100 um, when I was interested in it. Um, that's the earliest White Dwarf I owned. Whether I still own it or not, I couldn't tell you. Um, mm. Some of the I bought some of the old ones uh, from a uh, like um, secondhand charity shop where someone had just bought in like a box, and then there was a comic book shop that also had like a shitload of old white doors. One of my favourite ones I can remember was when uh, Epic had the Tyranids released, and it was the same time mm. that Dark, Dark Vengeance um, came out for the Dark Angels, and it had like came with templates and stuff. And I remember when all the knights came out. And that was in the 120s. The 120s had a couple of ones in the 120s, 126, one or something like that. They had the rules for the knights for Epic. I remember right. buying, I remember having those, and they would get well thumbed and included all of my Epic stuff. Um, so I could play my knights. I think the Thumbs one stick. thing I always wanted, though, was the old Thunderhawk gunship, like the, the giant. Oh, the little Diddy square one. No, no. Oh. Uh, the, the the one that basically sank through the table that was in the Ultramarines display in one of the... Uh, you mean the one that was never publicly available? Well, that... You could get numbered, numbered box editions that was like thousands of pounds or something. It was all white metal. The original... Oh, the original. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Right. When you said... If, if it came in white metal, for me, it's not old. Yeah. Okay. Because I started, I, I, as with Kurt, although Kurt probably started playing when these things were carved out of wood... Uh, I started playing when this was all lead. Yeah, well, no, I meant lead. Sorry, not white metal. Don't you I remember? remember your mind. I remember going to going to Canada and in Toronto, finding the Games Workshop to go and look at the novelty of white metal compared to the lead over here. Right. Wow. I'm looking at the lead Thunderhawk gunship. I honestly remember. Don't remember. Like six hundred and forty-nine 
uh, dollars. This one's a dollar one. But yeah, $649. I, I remember the earliest oh, incarnation oh, of Thunderhawk Gunship, which is a small... of them available through US mail order. Okay, that kind of, that gives it some perspective. I remember the um, the original Epic one, which was like a shoebox with little wings sticking outside of it. Oh. Original. Okay, yeah, that. Yeah. And when, when you got these in Final Liberation, in that first mission... Oh, I love Thunderhawk. Oh, the, the, really? They were terrible, but I liked them. They're just Thunderhawk gunships. They just spoke to me. I love actually, them. Did, did you get the Thunderhawk? Oh, no, you did, actually. Yes, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Yeah. No, I, I was I was always more of a kind of buy 15 units of bombards, put them at the back, and wait for the orcs to move forwards kind of person. Oh, okay. Well, more artillery. You more... were just an you were just an, an Englishman in the forty first millennia, basically. Sell them. Sell the lot of them. And you need some manticores as well, because if they got lightly oh. on that they just oh look, there's an orc bike. Ba-dumpf. Oh look, there's no orc bike. Those uh, those FMV uh, videos of final liber- liberation were oh, awesome. the, the, the absolutely beautiful one where you have the uh, the commissar going to the uh, the, the palace of yeah. the... <laughs> Slapping the shit out of it. <laughs> Beautiful moment. If anyone does not know what we're talking about um, and, and is listening to like the, the after show bit, um, although, quite frankly, if there is any kind of organised show at this point, God help you. Can we just uh, can we just start the show now? Because I, yeah. I can't be bothered with the formality. Welcome to Elite Cardio. Someone say that. <laughs> that. Right, Hello, look at Elite Cardio. We've been talking for a while, but... We're going to keep going because this is going to be somewhat of a disorganized episode because it's going to be very extreme consciousness, which you're probably used to. Do you know, do you know what I like? I like the way you're trying to make out it's an exception that I love. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's totally know- different to the way it always is. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. If anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, by the way, uh, Final Liberation was a PC game that Games Workshop released. In the way back when, like ninety seven, developed by SSI um, Strategy Games. Uh, yes, nineteen ninety seven is correct. Um, so in the way back when, and um, it was essentially second edition Epic, mm. the, but the- as a PC, and you had Ultramarines, you had like several different variations of Imperial Guard, you had Orcs, uh, if you got a certain patch as well, it introduced a couple of other units, and there was even a there was even a beta map where you could see the Chaos units they were planning on putting in that they never actually finished. Really? Yeah, did you ever see that one? No, I mean, I had surface level like game. I had no expansions or patches. Um, oh, uh, yeah, the, the, the patch uh, that took it to uh, Final Liberation 101 um, was the one that introduced that map. Um, oh. And they, they basically just left them in there as a preview because they knew they were gonna, never going to do it. Um, if you are interested in this, it is a very good game. A little bit clunky these days. Uh, it is available on uh, GOG.com, good old games, uh, for £4.69. Ouch. Mm. And it is worth every single penny. Um, I, mean, I mean, the acting is stellar because it just, it's its even better than the fabled 40k VHS because they, <laughs> they're in like proper, well, Commissar Holt is literally the same size as the fucking Ultramarine, which is a bit weird. Oh, come on, they're standing on a box. 
Oh, Let's okay. be fair. Uh, but but the armor is fully fleshed out. It looks a lot better than the the one in the in the VHS with the with the Dark Angels and the Inquisitor. Yeah, and and you do have like proper um, Adeptus Mechanicus people dealing with the Bringer of Tears, the Titan they find. Mm. Um, you do have some of the more obscure tanks, like my favorite tank of all time in the 40k universe, the Stormhammer, mm. which. That is my vision of it with its, what is it, four battle cannon on two turrets, yep. six las cannon, 12 linked bolters. And it's a, it's a street sweeper of extraordinary proportions, and I love it. Um, do you remember the, the, just... the cutscene with the Talan guy? Oh, that guy was so terrible, but it was still pretty oh, good. Where they, where they find that sort of tank convoy going through a sandstorm. Yeah, well, they find a Mordian guard unit walking through a sandstorm and yes, they're like no, the orcs went hey like <laughs> i don't even know what the accent is it's i weird. will say some of those accents in that game are truly awful mm-hmm. um and but you know fair play to them they do they do a very good job of as far as they can on an extremely low budget bringing bits of that universe to life you do see part of the is it the astro telepathicus or something yeah the astronaut the, yeah the uh, um they, they, they didn't fit fit with the story because if you look at the fucking walls part of that is from the vhs thing because the walls have chronate symbols on which okay. makes no sense and it's and it's bugged me to this day as well okay i, I, I will find the video yeah, they you liberate the. Uh, it's not really a, an important part of the story. The most important part is finding well, like essentially liberating that allows you to get some more um, resources because mm. you can then get more reinforcements to the planet. The, the whole it does actually have a very good single player because you've got this this big map and you're trying to find an orc war boss who is somewhere on the planet and you are kind of advancing around as you go you pick up extra bits for your army because the, the entire thing is um, done as sort of unit cards. So it's like, you know, if you beat a certain part, well, then you can add some Mordians to your force or, you know, you've got a couple of uh, Talan Lehman Russes to add, to add as well. Um, yeah, it was it was just good. It, it took war game rules, made them playable on PC, and it, were, it was a bit clunky. I'm not going to lie. There were some elements of the line of sight rules that were a bit questionable. It crashed uh, a lot. It did. They fixed some of that um, for the uh, the modern version, which, by the way, does work on Windows. At least works on Windows 7 and 8. I don't know if it works on 10, but generally if it works on 8, it will work on uh, 10 as well. Um, you know, if you somehow fail the first mission, I think you get reprimanded by a, a start. How? How do you fail it? You shoot at the orcs and they flee. Um, Marines are not as hardy as... They they die as easy as the Imperial Guard do in that game. Oh yeah, here we go. Right. Um, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm being asked to keep an eye on the YouTube comments. So, uh... <laughs> oh dear God. Oh, this is this is what happens when Nick isn't here. Everything goes to hell. So, so I'm what? Have... We managed. Somebody's saying, somebody's saying Nick is responsible for order. Yeah, strangely enough, yes. 
Um, because what Nick does is he remembers all this kind of social interaction stuff. Oh, I thought you meant somebody was saying on the chat that Nick Brick made There we go. Order. There's the there's the coronate symbol. Right, I'm going to screen grab this shit. Oh, God, there's a lot of... Uh... Oh, this is really confusing because I'm watching video of myself on two different screens doing two different things. God. I I'm not sure I'm pleased with this. D don't have an aneurysm. Till later. <laughs> okay. Uh, Matt Townsend asks, uh, Tournament in London when? I think we answered that one. Yeah. Yeah. He working um also says his first was white dwarf 110 um and apparently it was white metal so there we go uh yes because 97 they would have been transitioning to white metal yeah um, <laughs> what rambles and there was me thinking i'd missed out on all that tactical genius as i've said before on twitter we have never knowingly given good advice accidentally yes but never knowingly giving good advice. so i think that about covers i think so uh, Wait a second, I have to post this in the chat in the uh, Facebook. One second. Oh, oh, Benji, you finding things. Yeah, look. There it is. So they go to liberate the the, the pyramid of the Astronomicon, whatever the so hell. This is, this is fantastic radio where you send a private picture to us. It's fantastic. Yeah, well, I can't paste it anywhere else. I know you can't. This is, this... I know you can't, but it's great. Also, this, this is not a picture. This is just a mess of like... I... Oh gray, my god, what is that? And grey. But can you and see gray. the outline of the... You can see the corn symbol in the top. Yeah. Middle top, yeah. yeah. And that just bugged the shit out of me. Um, I think you both played this game a lot more than I did. I loved it. It was great. Oh, it, this was it, it was a multiplayer staple for me and my mates for like years. Oh, I, I played it in a dark room alone by myself. You had friends, oh. multiplayer, Jesus. Mm, yeah. We used to fill my house with networking and stuff at that time, yeah. Uh, oh. Every weekend would usually be like, we'd go into someone's house, we'd have a game of 40k set up in the morning, we'd play that, and then in the afternoon, we'd play either Worms or Final Liberation. Or both. So the, the house was generally, where I lived, the house was my house, because I was the one who had a house, and everybody else was still living with parents or varying degrees of, of cohabiting. And uh, yeah, it would be uh, fill my house with networking stuff, spend my time troubleshooting said networking stuff so we could get x-wing working or or doom or quake 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 gl that was we've had a lot of that uh, uh, I was say, tie fighter kurt for, for reference at the point where final liberation came out i was 12 years old yeah wait 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 that, like can't, 14, that can't be 14. possible was, uh, yeah 14 at the point of I'd, final liberation. I'd owned a house for what three years by then what kurt's part of an older generation no but he doesn't look at Thank you. Thank you. Text him out. What you're saying is Kurt doesn't look um ten years older than Mike. I can uh I can put my seat I'm not gonna put my seat. Yeah. Also, you're gonna put your seatbelt on. What? Seat suit back on. I'm not gonna do that. Oh right. Well anyway, what have we got to talk about really? We got Mike's tournament, which we can sum up as Owen three scoop. Um I'm 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 gonna talk about it because I had a good time. I went yeah, spoilers. I went to Bristol. It was the Steamroller final. I went zero and three um, because I had. Let's see. First game against Menoth, I clocked out. Uh, the second game against um, Horde against Minions, I clocked out. And the third game against Cricks, I got assassinated. Uh, but I did have fun. I was taking two new two new armies. Uh, my McBain one, I had slightly altered to fit into Irregulars um, because I now had enough points to put a Vanguard in instead of a Bakur and 
Um, because the Bakur's not in theme for some bizarre reason. Okay. Um, so it's mostly the same. It adds an Eris. It adds one of the solo who I can't remember. Um, and adds the, uh, the Vanguard. It's all lovely. The, the second one is um, a very odd Fiona list. Um, so I've, known a few, I've known a few odd Fionas. <sighs> so you've got Fiona, you've got the Cannon, you've got two Mariners for some reason. Which, by the way, people, right? Just warning you, if you see the Mariner, um, please stop assuming that you have to be base to base for the Mariner to fire. It's one inch now, like the Grenadier. Uh, so two Mariners, Mangler. Um, Maybe the, they're getting girded. <laughs> they've got Lash, which might have been some use against Barnabas um, had he not shot the crap out of them. Uh, which well, I'd completely forgotten that uh, the the uh, the tortoise, uh, the minion, oh spitter, yeah, against carapace, arm twenty two against ranged. What is this? Fluff madness. It's because people forget about minions as, as Fluff a whole. Um, but no, uh, took the fianalist, played the fianalist twice. Uh, was pleasantly surprised. Uh, by the Fiona list, actually, because it was a lot more interesting than I thought it'd be. Um, I still don't quite get Fiona. I'll, I'll openly admit that, and I need some more practice with the list. Um, but there were a lot better games than I thought they were going to be. Um, I will say that the the first game against Menoth and the final game against Crixt had I had a little bit more experience with those with that list for those two. I could have pulled out a win because I was starting to get some serious traction in the game, like leaving very little on the table. Um, but one assassination and one clock out does not for a winning game make. Um, so yeah, Bristol was good. I learned some stuff. Um, it's it's very obvious now that it is themes, themes, some more themes. Thank you, sir. May I have another May theme? I have some free models. Um, but they, they've also said that um, that's the intention of the way the game is to be yeah. played as they, as they expand models. Um, and to be honest, the game is fun. It's yeah. working. I, I know as Mercs now, I have an awful lot of variety in what I can pick and still be in a theme. Um, so I'm quite happy with where my theme forces are. Um, well, well, we uh, Have we podcasted since all the themes went live because some of the reactions were quite fun? Like, I'm uh, not sure. I'm not I'm not sure we have actually. No, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't want to run through all the themes. Oh, no, God, no, 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 no. Because no. I want to, you know, live a normal <laughs> life, a normalish life, as normal as I can. But um, uh, the there was some, a couple of the themes that came out were gonna, are suffering from the fact that there's. Um, they're going to have to wait for new releases, future releases, and yeah. stuff like that. I but think we, we always knew that was going to happen because the Theme Force document. Um, you know, it, it's really nice to have these Theme Forces, but this is a massive acceleration from where Privateer thought they were going to be. Mm. The, this, this Theme Force document is essentially the whole first wave of Theme Force books, but just the rules part. Mm. Uh, some of, and some of the themes do appear on paper to be their benefits stronger than others. I think Scorn, having listened to one of the podcasts, because I wouldn't have known about this otherwise, um, that they get uh, RFP uh, yeah. on melee attacks now. So one of their lists, which is the Praetorians and and the and the cataphracts units, basically 
Makeda and her kittens is going to be pretty good into things like Grimkin now. But again, they were saying that drastically some factions that can't remove some of this recursion shit are going to struggle. Yep. The theme force you're talking about is Scorn theme force Masters of War. Hmm. Uh, and models disabled by a melee attack made by a Scorn Warrior model of this army cannot make a tough roll. So, Oof. yeah, that's bad. Hmm. Uh, when a model is boxed by a melee attack made by a Scorn Warrior model of this army, you can choose to have the boxed model removed from play. I don't wow, think... no corpse tokens, no nothing. Yeah. Well, no, wait, wait. You can get corpse tokens and souls from RFP. I looked it, this up. Yeah, it, it depends on when in the chain it takes place and when certain effects state stuff's put into play. As someone who helps out at tournaments quite a lot, I will say to people who play this game, um, one of the things you really, really, really need to learn is the order in which that um, post-damage stuff takes place. But a lot of people don't have to worry about that anymore. There aren't as many interactions that, that follow the chain. The status effects change. But, but the amount of people who say, no, snacking stops tough. But okay, right. Can you tell me what stage it takes place at? Yeah. So it's when I destroy a model. Right. But <laughs> tough happens at disabled. Yeah. Which is before. All you have to remember, and this is really easy disabled, boxed, yep. destroyed. It's really easy. It's three words, that order, and that will really help you in a lot of the. Um, RFP still blo- Does RFP no- not stop tough anymore? Uh, R- when it takes place. So if it appears because, it for instance, right? Mm. Uh, Ret, I believe the Sparkle Cannon still does RFP on hit. Oh, yeah, models under the template hit, but, uh, basically. Yeah. Whereas other stuff says if it would be destroyed or if it is disabled. It really depends on where you are in that chain. Right. So you've got to read the rule. There are some stuff that you, you might be able to tough an RFP from. But wow. there's a lot of stuff that you can't. You need to read the rules. Yeah, I don't want to. Pulled, boxed, destroyed. Just just remember that. And I, 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 it's going to get really pleady at tournaments from now on because I'm getting annoyed by it. Really? It seems that the only thing that's going on at tournaments at the moment is... Okay, uh, I'm actually going to cut that one from broadcast. I'm not having that <laughs> Um, <laughs> I was going to see if you were or not. No, sorry, it's fine. I don't mind. I have, yeah, I have no time for that whole discussion. Oh, it was uh, so funny. It was. If just... anyone is listening live and and wishes to go into it, feel free. I'm not even going to mention what it is. Uh, if you've been around enough online, you it's just that. a big shitstorm of nothing. Um, no, I just like to point out, I have no idea what that is. And I don't really care. We'll we'll discuss privately because I'm not going into it. All okay. right, we're not. I've had enough of it. I, Wait, have, what, what, what I, have you seen? I have no. had enough across all my games this week yeah. of seeing the drama llama being wheeled out into the public and going, witness thee, the drama llama. See its fine coat and be enraged. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, nice. what, what other games have been raging? <laughs> uh, you've got um, L5R, because that, that's had two moments this week. The game's uh, barely even fucking a couple yes. of weeks old. So, the first one was that uh, initially FFG were going to carry on with the Banzai chant at uh, large events, which then shut up and sit down, caught on to, 
started getting negative press in the comments that snowballed into something else then ffg then said she said we're going to continue with it we're going to do something else instead so then another group have come in and said oh you're taking away this this marvelous part of the history of L. i couldn't give a damn i just really couldn't yes some people find the word banzai offensive and it's chanting Fine. what some people don't oh, i God. don't care if it just if you don't want okay. to be involved with it don't be involved with it i don't care but then why do we have to listen to people with those opinions and they're the ones that start this in the first place though so i don't know yeah but that that's not even the whole drama llama the second one that came along was was l5r's release scheme which was that before christmas they are going to have not just one not just two but the first six expansions out which seems like madness because it is uh, we know why, because what they're trying to do is make money. Is set up and give you a decent card pool to work from, but also rapidly accelerate uh, which cycle they're going to start. Well, at which um, set they're going to start cycling stuff at the game, because they've learned their lesson from Netrunner, where they really did let the first cycle drag on way too long, and just had some bonkers cards from the first set that were hanging around um, and make money, of course. You know, made money, and uh, and and you know, you do always have to realize. Yes, they're a company. Yes, they do want more money. I do not begrudge them that if they give me a good game. Mm. So, but anyway, that's the multiple drama llamas that are really there between. <laughs> drama llamas. That's, only, that's only two. That's only two. You said all. That sounds like a feature. Drama llama. Where was oh. the third one? We're going to go see what it's going to be uh, a what grinds my gears. It's either going to be me or Benj going oh, off on one for 15 uh, minutes every single episode. No, I'm all right. I'm all right this week. It's just you. This, this episode, you yes. are Benj. This episode, not yeah. so for many others. I think you'll agree. I will. What? what? Wait, what? I am perfectly harmonious and never stressed. Today, you are. <laughs> I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm I hate there. everything. I'm not playing anything ever. Oh, I still, I still do hate everything. Yeah, yeah there we go. <laughs> so, can we please move on to something else? Kurt, what, what? hello. How's the going? Uh, wonderfully, wonderfully. <laughs> I've, I've played uh, three games in the last couple of weeks. Um, uh, one against my daughter, who is embracing Harlequins. Uh, in, yeah, very enthusiastically. Um, one of the few things okay. I didn't sell. One of the few things I didn't sell when I um, cleared out was um, was uh, choice elements of my Eldar, which included Harlequins, which she's pounced on. And uh, yeah, very very good. Have they still got the uh, the Harlequins kiss in game? Yep. Yeah, we have Harlequins kiss, Harlequins embrace. We have a few variations on that theme now. But yep, they do very uh, much. Yeah, very. Yeah, the much whole monofilament wire turning insides to soup thing. Uh, the detail is not in the weapon description, but yes. Oh. Arguably more child-friendly until they've gone Google it. Yeah. We're back to interesting 40K parent, did, of course, as, a, as a responsible parent, I did, a, did after we played, explain what the, what the weapon does to my daughter. <laughs> yeah. And now here's a scene from it, the cube where you get to see it in action. It's, uh, it didn't put her off even slightly. <laughs> Ew, cool. Um, yeah, so we had uh, we had uh, we had a start and get like an intro game um, several weeks ago, and we had a game last weekend which was very very good. And um, and I played uh, played Mike in the midweek as well, which is very very good. We played um, we sort of I bought not the, me. Oh, 
Uh, no, different Mike. Uh, Mike Whitman, who plays um, mainly plays Blood Bowl. Most people who have heard of him know him for Blood Bowl, but he doesn't live very far away at all, walking distance from my house. Um, and um, we played. I bought the um, the Open War deck where you draw cards for the scenario and the twist and what's going to happen. And we drew. Uh, he was playing Tyranid, and uh, we drew a, a deployment where it was the board cut in half. You could deploy first player could draw right up to the halfway line. And then the okay. twist was that he got to deploy entirely before me. So he deployed entirely on the halfway line with tyranny. Uh, and I played Thousand Suns. And he played his first turn and went, do you want to reset? Do something different? I was like, no, I think I can uh, give you a run. I may still die, but I think it's going to be fun. And Thousand Suns <laughs> pushed back heroically and killed quite a lot of stuff in, the, uh, in, in my first turn. And it was entertaining. Um, I think from a scenario point of view, I started to really push it back. I, it got to the end. I did concede when time it was getting late, and I was like, I, I think I now get to the point where stuff's dying. But um, it was quite impressive how balanced it felt, even though Tyrannids were were right in your face from the very start. Um, very, very good, very good game. It just still feels every game, regardless of what happens where it goes, feels fun every single time. That, that is the best gauge of quality of any game, to be honest. I, I agree. Yeah. Or not. It is. It's just. Is it? it, it that's why I stopped playing forty k before. Was yeah. it wasn't fun anymore. And well, it, this this actually goes interesting onto something that uh, it was an interaction I had with um, Evil Hat Games on Twitter because they were sending out um, a, a load of tweets saying, "Oh, we've got uh, these um, these source books for uh, Fate, which is an RPG that I've yeah. used," uh, and I retweeted them and said, these are really worth your time if you want to have a look. Um, I'm pretty sure I've been playing Fate wrong, but it's a lot of fun. Um, and they did actually tweet back and they said, if you're having fun, you're not playing it wrong. Yeah, that's fair. Which, I mean, okay, you know, going to a tournament, yes, there are rules you have to abide by there because there has to be a common system. Um, but if you're just at home and you're having a blast, who cares? Yeah. Totally. So it's a fun game again, regardless of what happens, regardless of how many genes it is are trying to eat your face. It's still, um, <laughs> it's still. So I do, I, although I am finding that my Thousand Suns army with a smattering of demons is starting to look like a demon army with a smattering of Thousand Suns, <laughs> <laughs> because um, hordes work really well. You want lots of cheap troops, and Thousand Suns have never been known for their cheap troops. But Marines in total have never been known for their cheap troops. Uh, Thousand Suns cost a lot more than Marines do. <laughs> It's why in that, uh, I'm trying to think, it was halfway through second edition, they, in White Dwarf, they actually released rules for buying half squads of Marines. <laughs> because it was, was it something daft, like 100 points for a, a full 10-man unit or something? Or it, it was More than that, I think. But yeah, that, yeah but you they did, did. you didn't really have any options. It was like, here is your 10-man no. unit of Marines. Well, you they tried to add one heavy weapon and two specials. They tried to add structure because there was very little in in, in the original Rogue Trader. You you could just build. Yeah. You would lean towards ten man units, but because it was all broken down into the minutiae of points, you could build anything you wanted. You could have a, a space marine on a bike with a conversion beamer driving around if you wanted. It would cost you a fortune, but you could. Um, yeah, this was also the version that. Uh, forgive me if I get this wrong because I've only read about the robot rules. Oh God, that was so. Hu- I mean, I did de- I did programming at college, and it still hurt my head. <laughs> it's the fact you could buy a robot, and then you paid. What was it per l- fragment of logic? 
Yeah. You gave to it, and essentially every turn you ran through its logic tree to decide what it did. I yeah. The idea that you could have this robot that's just there going, yep, this is my entire army, I've given it a really complex decision tree, let's go. And you would have a flowchart. You would end up creating a flowchart in order to run this robot. It was just, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Um, I mean, it sounds insane. But then again, Rogue Trader, the original, was kind of... It was one step up from an RPG because, yes, you'd got your models on both sides, but it did recommend having a game master so that yeah. you could do things like you could split a 10-man squad in half, give the half that was going to sort of go on a flanking mission its orders on a piece of paper, and the game master would then have to carry out those orders to the best of their ability. Well, having um, got myself back into 40K, I've been listening to a few um, 40K podcasts and got really into the Independent Characters podcast, and I've really enjoyed that as well. And they were talking about Rogue Trader. And I started to think, he's getting confused because the Rogue Trader roleplay game that not long ago it was, he was get, but he wasn't. You go back to it and you think, I oh, know, wait, it, it, was, it was born out of that. You weren't necessarily naming all your Marines and roleplaying it as yeah. such, but it was born out of an RPG environment. Yeah. More than it was the historical. The only place it could have come from was historical. It definitely didn't come from there. Well, I mean, largely at that point, uh, Games Workshop were dealing with, uh, I believe they got the D&D license for minis at that point as well. Um, Is that not TSR? Games Workshop did do some D&D minis. Did they? They did some yeah. Dread as well. There's some Dread figures, weren't there? Yeah, and then they ad they adopted them to the uh, Adeptus Arbites. Mm. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, um, they did all sorts of stuff. I mean, Red, the White Dwarf used to be a lot more varied and colourful and random back then. Yeah. It's different... Um, Random bits oh, and pieces. That was, from the was it Thrud the Barbarian? Yeah, very much, yes. And uh, I think it was in Doctor Who miniatures back then as well. Yeah, so it's. Yeah, it's. Not made by GW, but in White Dwarf, yeah. But yeah, all sorts of random stuff. It was. Tekken was trying to add structure, and, and in some respects, they went a little bit too far. Vehicle rules were entertaining. Strange grid, not grid thing, but the map where you would try, try and work out where you were targeting. You would deviate on a piece of paper to show where it was hitting on the tank. Um, yeah, no, I like the rules now are great. The, the fact that you pretty much treat every big thing like a monster. It has a lot of wounds and gets progressively more tough as they get bigger. Um, and they are fairly standard, the same kind of thing, until you get really big. Um, it, it seems to work. It seems to work really well. I've got like three sizes of dread. I've, uh, I'm not quite sure how the bigger demons are going to work. I haven't got a Keeper of Secrets anymore, but at some point I'll get one. But um, oh, a lot of change, even not Keeper of Secrets. That's Slanesh. Um, yeah, I'm just intrigued by it. It's just really fun. That's the bottom line. Cool. It's, it helped me enjoy War Machine again a few weeks ago, um, which we talked about in the last podcast. Uh, playing 40K really helped me sort of not get so involved in War Machine because in War Machine you get very invested and therefore when things start to go pear-shaped, it's just like, oh, this is fucking horrible. Whereas, um, because things can spiral so horribly in War Machine, you can randomly pull it back, but I think it's harder than you. Um, it affects your personal morale more, whereas I find that playing 40k is just outright fun, and it's a laugh, and the characters don't have names. Yeah, I could put Aramon on the table, but generally speaking, my guys don't have names, and you generally don't care so much about what happens, and that's made me enjoy the gaming whole hobby and more, I think. Ah, there we go. Um, 1975. Um, it became the uh, Games Workshop became the importer of US role playing game Dungeons and Dragons. Oh wow! Yep. Um, <laughs> this is back when uh, the magazine for Games Workshop was called Owl and Weasel. Wow, that is before my time. Yeah. Um, no, you're not that. And what dwarf being, superseded buying, it in 1977? I remember buying Dragon magazine when I was at school for D and D. Um, playing D and D from 
what would that be 84 oh actually that that's an interesting thing from the wikipedia article for a time gary gygax promoted the idea of tsr inc merging with games workshop and wow jackson and even ian livingstone backed out wow the thought of how different the world would have been if that had happened and the world of games uh, i think that would have been yeah i don't know actually i couldn't mm. no i'm not sure where that would go that, yeah at all that, that would have gone to some really interesting places. It's a, it's a very interesting um, what-if, I think. More than mm. You'd just have a giant monopoly. He, mm, would you? Because then would uh, Hasbro just have bought GW instead? Mm, I think Hasbro would like to probably buy something like GW anyway, considering think... they own Wizards of the Coast, don't they? Uh, yeah, well, uh, Wizards bought TSR, I believe. Yes, they did, yeah. And then Hasbro bought the... The the combined company. Yeah. I mean they are they are a giant. The only How, there's only yeah. two that are even close, which is uh, 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 and they are many rungs down the ladder, and that's GW and the insane conglomerate that is Asmodee, Days of Wonder, FFG. Yeah. I, go, I, have to admit, I thought you were going for Mattel as a Hasbro competitor, but wait, it doesn't Asmodee just eat other companies like just uh, like buys them just pretty and much eats them regardless without like they they can be quite small and or quite big and it will just scoop them up and well asmodee were a fairly small company up until even fairly recently and it's only at the point where they started snapping up other companies in gaming that it just became oh okay um and it was stuff like that that caused gw to go well hang on we're, we're having our board game licenses back now thank you yeah because there's there's some serious heft of i did interestingly see um oh i can't remember who it was suggesting that uh cool mini or not was in the same kind of breath as those two what and i just i i had to sit there and go through financials the various companies and go i can see your point but yeah no. cool mini cool mini's getting there they're big but gw and asmodee still utterly dwarf mm. i think they're they're kind of in that third tier you've, you've kind of got your your general multinational toy makers then you have your big specialist gaming companies then one rung down that's where your cool mini or nots and mm. your weird and your privateer sit. Are you saying cool minis on the same level as privateer? I would say they're a step above, a run above, mm. but not as high. Right. Same tier, but I think the the, the the amount of money in the business, it's going to vary where they are in that tier. There's still a lot of room to play, but I don't think they're on the same level as a GW or no, Asmodee. No, and they're definitely not moving towards like your Hasbro's Mattels, anything like that. I just I, I long for the day when Call Mini abandon that fucking Kickstarter model, or you know they put a game on Kickstarter and nobody it's, it's backs it. It's a successful model for them. <laughs> I, I just yeah, they really fucking perverted that model. Although they do deliver, they're a bit slow. They do, and they are, and they're about to deliver early on the current one. What is on Kickstarter these days? I don't check well, it. Hardly the, um, the, the latest um, Zombicide, they're going to deliver the basic box around Christmas six months early. How is that still going? How are people still... I backed it. I, how are you still playing that game? I it, love like, it. I, how? <laughs> it's so good. 
and you playing get with bored zombies. of zombies with like everybody else did with the movies. Like. But play, I'm not bored of zombies at all ever in any oh, context. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But I'm uh, I like the idea of zombie zombie orcs. Was that I was thinking I was thinking what could they possibly do with this to make me back another one? And they did zombie orcs with actually every. <laughs> Every combination of weird giant monsters free with it as part of the Kickstarter. And I was like, yeah, I'll have that. All of it. All right. Well, the day... I'm I'm just going to point out here. I'm uh, I'm actually waiting for a Kickstarter myself um, from Soda Pop Miniatures. Oh. Oh. Oh, I don't know what that is then, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Estimated delivery December 2016. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Is this... this, Oh, that's... um, Did you bag that? Did you bag that? I bagged Super Dungeon Legends... Oh, that's really? you've got, you got, you got a while to wait for that. Yeah. Good luck I on that, I backed it over... Well, I backed it nearly two years ago now. And then... I backed it for a dollar to keep the door open so I could buy it later, and I'm just kind of... Oh, so I get the updates. Uh, but I'm still waiting on um, Rail Raiders, which is now 12 months late. Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, what, what are they doing? <laughs> so, uh, uh, soda Pop, I, I love you. I love your miniatures. I mm. love what you put out. Yeah. Jesus Christ, be more realistic with your release date. They really have to. Or do because... more work beforehand. Do more work before the Kickstarter. Yeah. I mean, right. the, the stuff they do just looks so good and you're so tempted and then you go, ah, nuts, they've got me again. No, I just remember Relic Knights. And yeah, yeah you can blame fucking Cool Mini or not for that for as long as you Relic Knights, which is still like above me over here in a box. I've still got assembled. Mine, yeah. yeah, mine's in a garage. Yeah, I paid it to mine. I paid it to mine. Got that far. Really? Yeah. I paid did you ever play it? Did you ever... Yeah, I did. Yeah, I loved it. It's a really good game. Mm. Really it doesn't appear to be that much on. Um... What I'm finding though, the tokens that came through with it are great for 40k. <laughs> oh, tokens, the bane of my existence. It doesn't appear to be that much on Kickstarter at the moment. No, I mean a lot of the. Sadly, a lot of the really good small independent games. That people have had brewing in their mind for years appeared on Kickstarter and went away. So that kind of backlog of stuff that people haven't got funding for has kind of gone. So you're getting whatever bubbles up to the surface, and there's there's fewer noticeable things now. Yeah. And, 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 and a lot of what does head there is sort of big corporatey stuff. I mean, one of the other things I'm waiting for, and which does look like it may actually hit on time, believe it or not, is uh, Giant Killer Robots. Oh, is it? Cool, that did look good. I didn't back it, but it looked really good. Adam Chumbo yeah. was really into that. Uh, when you say, you know, you can have some pre-painted, large mecha miniatures for a war game made by Weta Workshop, mm. it's like, that's all the words that are just going to appeal to me. I liked uh. it. It looked nice, and Adam was raving to me about it, and we talked about it and showed me loads of pictures, and I'm like, yeah, I, I, don't, I think whether I had no money at the time or what it was. I don't Matt know what I Matt has just brought up something very interesting in the YouTube chat. Um, in that crowdfunding has, I think from what we've worked out, perhaps been somewhat instrumental in the death of a company. Um, oh, the one that they me? Yeah. Um, hey. Spartan Games. What? Spartan was killed by Kickstarter? Explain. Um, b- because they've, they, they've done multiple Kickstarters. Have they? Uh, yeah, and it's ended up with them having this huge range of titles with like a load of minis and it's just so disparate with small arguably, arguably it was it was halo hot i think it was a was the nail in the coffin there's lots of stuff happened before but i think the halo licensing was what yeah. really did them in i i don't know how much they paid for that but it was too much i don't i never did carbon yeah um 
and they didn't, and it, they didn't it, capitalize it. I will say it is an absolute real shame um, that they they didn't just pick one of the really good aesthetics they got going. Without going into too much detail, I feel it was to do with the um, personality that run it and Fair his enough. magpie nature. In um, which case, yeah, that that kind of follows on from my comment. It's like if they just picked one theme and done it really well. I think they could have been an absolutely stellar company. I think they should have backed Dystopian a hell of a lot harder than they did. I think they need yeah. to push. They need to push um, Fast and Armada a lot harder because while it wasn't big here, it was massive in the US and even more yeah. so in Canada. I do think as well. If they they just kind of, I mean, they were doing some twenty eight mil scale stuff. Mm-hmm. Just never bother with that. They were doing some ground stuff for Dystopian. Don't bother with that. No. Just yeah, they had a really good. You interesting game yep. in dystopian and firestorms, yep. uh, naval and space-based stuff. Yep, and they they screwed up dystopian by means of um, releasing multiple editions of shoddy rules, mm-hmm. and we know they were poorly proofread and not well conceptualized because the amount of people asking rules questions on their forums was always huge. Um, and yeah, if they just concentrated on getting something, you know, with some real polish, I mean, the models they were producing for the scales they were at. Oh, were they're amazing. Absolutely phenomenal. They were did... sculptable by manual hands as well. They were amazing. Yeah. Why did they pick up the Halo license? Halo hasn't been popular in God knows how long. Um, I don't understand that. Halo's always been relatively popular. It sells a large amount of video games, but a large amount of video games does not necessarily translate well. To a most of the of uh, most of the players, I, from my point of view, and, the, and my obviously vision is, is is fairly limited. Most of the a lot of kids play Halo. A lot of kids still play Halo. Yeah. Because uh, and so that, but that I can't see only a small percentage subset of them are going to even go anywhere near. Them. I mean, yeah. the last the last Halo game wasn't. Uh, it was obviously probably a financial success, but it was it was lukewarm received. The plot is. There's very little depth. It's very shallow. Uh, and yet it's swept through schools. It's swept through schools like wildfire. Yeah, because it, it's just it ben. is quite a shallow introduction to science ben. fiction. Yeah, you're talking Halo Five, yeah? What? You're talking Halo Five? Yeah. So that was still like nearly five million copies sold. Yeah, I'm saying it's still a financial success. It was just it's just a bad. It is a bad game. It's bad storytelling. It's it, very bland it, characters. It is quite telling that from where are we? From Halo to Halo Two was an increase. From Halo Two to Halo Three was an increase, and then Halo Four was down, and then Halo Five was down from there. Mm-hmm. Just uh, again, because we've we've reached a, a, another point of stuff I used to love. Um, was four? Was four? Uh, there's a side game as well, or was that four? Was that OST? Uh, no, ODST no. was uh, an entirely separate. That's what thing. I thought. Yeah, and that was that was better, though, wasn't it? it was uh, short. Uh, short. That was part of Halo Three. It was. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I loved the original Halo. Thought it was brilliant. Halo yeah, Two was really, really good. A lot of people don't like the ending, but I was okay with it uh, because it does just go here. You know, the whole "What are you doing? Finishing this?" and then the game cuts to blackness. It's like, oh. Um, Halo uh, 3 was amazing. Uh, Just I, amazing. I liked... Right, okay, so the only games if from the Halo series... you say what I think you're going to say, I'm going to throw things at you. What's that? Go on. All right, well, I liked Halo 3 ODST. That was one of my favourites. 
Okay, yep. Fantastic soundtrack. But this game. is where you're going to punch me in the face, isn't it? Good cast, I actually. really loved Halo Reach. Boo, get out. Yeah, that's fine. You are fired. That was that when it tried to... No, in... no, that, that game... Yeah. That game has the most like undeserving attempts at trying to create drama I have ever seen. Because what it does is it throws in a bunch of Marines and then without really kind of properly characterizing them, starts killing them off in slow motion oh. like, and, and, and saying, you should care about this. If you'd have been following the viral marketing or or the characters, uh, any of their backstory or anything like that, then, yeah, you were quite uh, involved when they did die. I can see not everybody's going to do that. Not everybody's going to feel attached to those characters. See, the thing is, I ignore all the viral marketing. I wa at, at the time Reach came out, right? Dude, dude, that was the I best thing about the Halo series, was the viral marketing. That's what sold those games more than viral the actual... Viral marketing in almost any sense is utter trash and needs to burn in the fires of hell. It's, it's some of the most successful viral marketing. You though. are releasing an alternate reality game to market your whatever you're doing. Well done. You've entertained those 15 people on Reddit for about half an hour. Hey, hey. Fantastic. Yeah. Just but, but, I don't. Think, I don't think. I don't believe viral marketing sold Halo because someone because it's a kids' no. game. No, it it sold some of the later uh, editions no. than it did the other ones. No, no, yeah, no. yeah it really did. Viral, viral marketing is just okay. Well, well, you're, you're gonna hate your your uh, your um, leisure Abrams then because he loves that viral marketing and, and aug augmented reality games and stuff like that. Hate what? 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 You said I'm gonna hate something? No, you, I said you're gonna hate J.J. Abrams. Then your spiritual liege. Oh, uh, I I never bother with any of that stuff. Like I said, I just completely ignore it. But at the time that Halo Reach came out, I was I'd read an awful lot of the books, um, the behind the scenes stuff. Um, I I, I love that kind of stuff. Halo Reach came out, and what it did was it took one of the better books in the series, uh, The Fall of Reach. And said, "Yeah, did that ever happen?" Which really annoyed me. Okay. Um, and and on top of that, you've got these Marines who you've never been introduced to outside of the fifteen people who are going on Reddit to. <laughs> Wait, um, let me have a look at the uh, Halo Reach uh, views for like viral marketing. Fifteen people. Oh, okay. Nice. I'll okay. I'll, I'll go for it. We'll go for twenty-two people on Reddit then. Yeah. Just, we'll, we'll hit a midpoint. Right, let's have um, a look at the, the trailers. But and and, and you know, I watched all the preview trailers and stuff like that. But it was just wait. Are you one of the fifteen then? No, I didn't do the viral marketing. I did the YouTube trailers and stuff like that. Okay. Oh, well, was it well, deliver hope, which was one of the actual viral marketing and the, but you know, part of that. Halo Reach was such a dead end after ODST, which actually did such a great job of introducing every member of the squad, why they were, you know... The casting was, was, it, was, casting was inspired as well. I didn't yeah, even play yeah, that well, much. They did, yeah, they were in a sci-fi show that had been cancelled and got yeah. back, back together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then added one of the members of Battlestar Galactica yeah. with you're a truly have... inhuman scanned face. You're going to have issues, though, because Spartans themselves are very almost devoid of character. If we're going to actually like, they are. I mean, I mean that is the intention. Um, yeah, Steve. So, was, was Steve Dowd who played Master Chief? I can't remember. Yeah, um, but yeah, you know, it was always a very deadpan set of reactions, and there are reasons for that, which is fine. 
But again, as a dramatic piece, standing alone, Halo Reach tried to play with your emotions when it hadn't earned any kind of emotional reaction to what it was trying to do. Halo, as well as that, the game itself, pretty bad. Really? Why was the game bad? The multiplayer multiplayer was good. The game itself, the single player section of it, pretty bad. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I I just can't believe that, like, kind of hearing this, it it had the most flowing, interesting. ODST was fantastic. Reach killed that series for me. I didn't even play for. Um, Although that's for multiple points. Oh, four was pretty much. Halo 3 ends the Master Chief's trilogy. He's done. That's it. There is no more story there. Oh, we're going back to it. Okay. But Aside from that, I, I don't understand why you say like the, the campaign was bad. Like, what, what was bad about it? Like, it actually... Wasn't it, wasn't it very short? That's what I kind of heard. No, not really, although I have completed it on every difficulty level. It was about the same length as either one or two, I think. Okay. Um, it just didn't have that enjoyment level for me that was there with three and ODST. And I, I think anything that was coming after ODST for me was going to be a huge, like, uphill struggle to make it seem interesting because ODST did like a, a lot with not very much. Well, that's because it, they really did like eke out what was basically probably DLC potentially. It was just a little bit more than DLC was ODST. No, just I, I'd little. say it's more than DLC because they effectively built a whole city for you to roam around in. Uh, no, no, they use most of their stuff from Halo 3. Like, all the textures and stuff like that, the engine. The, the, the textures were reused, yes, but the design of the city and the encounters in there were completely new. Yeah, no, yeah, because it was... Wasn't it Africa or somewhere? I can't remember. It was New Mombasa. It. No. Um, it, it was New Mombasa just after the Pillar of... I, I tell you, I, I think I know why you hate 3. Uh, sorry, 4 more than... I, 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 no. I, oh, sorry, four not four. Four, four I've never played. No, I, I think I know. Understand why you hate Reach more than you do. But that's just. I, I think it's because it's more of. It was more of a military uh, kind of. It was more of a grounded um, sort of uh, Halo rather than a fantastical science fiction type of one. It really did bring a lot more military aesthetic into it. It was very... But then, Benj, what's ODST? Uh, ODST was an a, a attempt at that, but it was very slapstick. They they didn't focus at, at all, again, on the viral marketing, which there was, which tried to make it even more gritty than, okay, than Halo Reach. Okay, the viral marketing, because no one yeah. knows... Okay. No one knows about it. Okay, okay, fine. No, <laughs> seriously... Drive you insane! It's wonderful. O- ODST, ODST was uh, a tongue-in-cheek. It wasn't taking itself too seriously. Yeah, that was the appeal. Yeah, yeah. That was I, the appeal. I, I, having Nathan feeling as you figurehead is yeah. because, um, yeah, grim, dark, ultra butch sci-fi is is the worst. Okay, um, as as exemplified by the first Gears of War. Okay. Um, that the, the, the story that I played that for the gameplay. The the, the, the story was pretty much trash. I, I tried to like Gears of War and I couldn't. I've played every iteration only, of it. It was just shit. It's only two when they started lightening up. No, I, I, really I already hated got... the characters by then. 
Dom and his wife can go. Oh, for Jesus! Oh no! The, the scene where he meets his wife again. Anyway, I feel. Let's move away from video games. <laughs> this is marginalizing an awful lot of people, and frankly, we want to marginalize different people. I, um, <laughs> I want my dinner. <laughs> you, you didn't have your dinner before you started podcasting, Bench. No, because I left work. That, that's a poor choice. Um, I'm going to say I, I'm going to move on to a couple of board games I played last night. Actually, cool. Oh, I'll be with. Uh, the games I picked up uh, quite a while ago, but hadn't managed to play until recently. Uh, the first of which is Colt Express. Okay. Um, which I don't know if either of you heard of. I don't think I, I, don't think I know that one, no. Is that about yes. horses? Uh, well, no. Colt Express is it's about a train robbery. Ah. Um, you're all playing uh, the bandits. There's a marshal on the train, and basically you're trying to walk away from this train with the most money. So um, it's like a proper granite version of Rail Raiders. <laughs> but it's done as a game where you, you kind of program in your actions and then the turn all plays out. So is it a board game or a card game? It's a board game. Right. Um, you actually have a proper 3D card train in the middle. So you can be in the carriage or on the roof. Oh, wow. And there's, there's enough carriages for like one per player and then there's the train at the front. And you okay. get... You can get expansions like there's a stagecoach that can go alongside it, and you can have a DeLorean attached to the front. And oh, really? Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Well, the DeLorean, um, basically, if if you're the only person in the DeLorean at the end of the turn, everyone else has to close your eyes. You take your meeple out, and you can place it under one of the carriages, and then next turn you are in that carriage at the start, but no one knows where you are. Okay. Anyway, <clears throat> and you have you, you basically got two decks of cards. One is some bullet cards, and then the other one is your action cards. So you can move, you know, one card will be uh, move a carriage left or right, one will be uh, climb to the roof or come down for the roof, one is shoot your gun, one's punch people, uh, one is move the marshal, and one is uh, pick some loot up off the floor. But you play your card face up to the middle. The next person puts theirs on top, and you keep going around for as many spaces as there are on that part of the journey, which there's a there's a card that the player whose turn it is will draw for that. So it might be like, you know, we're playing four cards each this turn, or we're playing three cards, but one of them's a tunnel, so you play that face down instead. Once everyone's played all their cards, you flip that deck in the middle upside down and start playing the cards off the top, okay. which means you might have totally screwed yourself three turns earlier. Though I mean, there's utterly wonderful moments where, um, you know, you'll have a punch card which punches someone in your carriage into the next car where the marshal is. So the marshal shoots them and they have to climb onto the roof. But then their next card is climb down, which they have to. So they climb into the carriage, get shot by the marshal again, and have to go back up to the roof. It's, and it, it's that whole thing of having to anticipate, okay, I think I know what you're going to do. I think you're going to come and punch me and steal my money. So... I'm going to move to another carriage and steal some money before that. And it, it's a really fun, quick little game, which has re like a really nice uh, card aesthetic because, as I said, lovely 3D train that just sits in the middle of the table. Um, I really recommend it. Cool. Uh, I can't see me getting it as well as Rail Raiders because I'm getting <laughs> yeah. Rail Raiders anyway. So I've just had a, a DM from uh, Rich Deed saying you are currently performing the board game equivalent of battle reports. Oh, no, I'm, I'm explaining a board game. I'm not telling you how it played out. To be fair, it did send me a bit to sleep. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I was feigning interest. Did it work? 
<laughs> I think it did. I'm not going to talk to you now. I hate you. Oh, I've, got, I've got the kids' version of that coming anyway. Rail Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's not going to be highbrow. It's going to be silly. One of, one of our gaming group actually has a copy of Rail Raiders arriving as well, so I've not, um, I've not got, really looked at that It's got Jane Cobb in it. What do you want? You know? True. Uh, but the, the other one I played was uh, Mission Red Planet, which is kind of similar, but you're launching rockets full of astronauts at Mars um, with a Victorian sort of steampunk aesthetic. And it's really cool because you've got loads of like hidden missions and there's resources on Mars that you flip up when you arrive there. And you've got things like saboteurs who can blow up rockets and move astronauts around and it's it's really good fun. If you've ever played um, Citadels, no, no, a really popular board game. Matt Townsend is asking if I roll the seven. I feel I'm having the piss taken. <laughs> I took both dice and shoved them up his nose. Matt, how do you like that? <laughs> nice. Oh, you people. Well, I played Magic Hero quite recently, and that nearly got violent. Magic Hero is a great game. Uh, oh, no, yeah, but it, 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 actually, it, did, did you play just the base game? Uh, yeah, we didn't play with the harbor. Ooh. Ooh. That's, that's an interesting choice, Benj. I didn't know. Like you played choice. it, but you played it all wrong by the sound of it, Benj. It, it, it's not. The base game is fun, uh, but the base game has a problem that I will I'll reveal in a second. But, oh, but only, it's only got a problem if you roll a seven. Uh, actually, yes. Mm. Um, basically, there's um, in the base game to, to explain to people, Machikara is a game where you're you're buying uh, properties from the middle, depending on how many resources you have, and adding them to your collection of buildings, and they trigger and generate resources depending on dice roll. Um, but there is a combo in there. If you have, uh, I think it's forests and the furniture factory, um, then every time you roll a seven. You generate massive amounts of money, which really enables you to snowball your way at the game and just be miles ahead of everyone else. So I, was yeah. random, I was being random and not trying to help. I just like so, to add that. And that's what yep. this person did, or they tried yep. to do, and they lost. So, uh, Ranches and cheese factories is the other one. Yeah. Um, there's another one as well. Yep. There's, uh, there's another, the two drop, the other two drop. What is it? Yeah. Uh, can't remember. But yeah, ranch and cheese factory, or um, forest and furniture factories. But what the uh, harbor expansion does is it randomizes what's in the middle, um, and says, you know, you, you, whatever the first 10 properties are to come out, that's what's in the middle. When a stack runs out, you start dealing until um, you've got, you know, um, a, a property set again. Mm -hmm. So I, I prefer playing it with the harbor. But it can be even more swingy if someone gets the tuna boat very early on. <laughs> That's the best quote ever. <laughs> what? How is that get, a ridiculous, Ben? It just it it more ridiculous than anything else I've said. Without without context, it just makes me laugh. So, like, if if, if you heard that without context, Ben, there's an awful lot in this show that if you didn't have context, would just make you go. I know, but tuna boat, just think about it. I'm not seeing a lot. Yeah, I don't get it either. All right, fine. No, no ben, ben, you've clearly gone mad. Good. More, more mad. Good. Yeah. And yeah. if you want to be driven mad, uh, I recommend another game that I've played recently, which was Yamatai, um, because that will just assault your brain with a mixture of colours 
and slowly drive you up the wall. Um, really good game about building villages in a pseudo-Japanese-Chinese archipelago kind of thing, uh, which is probably culturally insensitive on every single level. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> and, um, the, the game itself is really good. It's a uh, Bruno Faiduti and Bruno Catala game um, designed... Uh, sorry, no, that might be just... No, that was just Katala. Um, it's it's a really good, solid game. Um, that's yeah, it's got very little randomization in it. Um, I just can't say enough good about it. But it will bake your noodle. I didn't see, uh, by the way, that much uh, disgruntlement in the conversation section regarding that that chant and cultural insensitivity and stuff like that. It seems like a pretty diplomatic discussion. So I don't know where you are. You haven't seen like the fifteen-page threads I've seen. So oh, where are they then? But that might be just like two people shouting at each other. Where's that Uh, one? Both read it on the FFG forums. Oh, okay. I didn't see anything. Stop seeking out drama, Benj. No, I like reading it because it just makes me hate everything. Yeah, don't read it. Venom and bile of gaming, don't you? I do because just don't don't read it, Benj. Just stop it. Okay. It's just interesting see, to see people... See, all, all hate does is fuel more hate. Really? All hate does is fuel more hate. <laughs> well, at least you're warm. It's fuel. True. I mean, yes. I mean, look, I, I like looking at people's opinions and seeing what, what drives them to these conclusions and how... And all the stories that have come out from this, like, I'm Chinese, and I'm not at all offended, and my country was pretty much buggered up the arse by Japan. And then, what was the other person that was like, it, this made me feel socially awkward at tournaments, which I can kind of understand. Cause... Yes, Matt, Yoda quoting coming down. Oh, God. <laughs> if, uh, I mean, we could, we could talk about Porgs. Should we talk about Porgs? Oh, really? They're going to be I'm a good. thing. Cheers. Thanks. They're going to be a thing. In the future, they are. I, I have no strong feelings about them, much as I have no strong feelings about or Ewoks or Jar Jar Binks. I thought you were a Jar Jar Binks defender. Uh, there is there is a very good reason for Jar Jar Binks being as he is in the prequels. What? There because is, he, is. is that because he actually instigates or is a pawn of the Emperor and actually no, causes the whole? No, but he actually causes the whole fucking like rise yeah, of the Galactic Empire. He he is the puppet senator who gets the popular movement through at the end. Yeah, he's literally That's an afterthought though. He's there because of children. It but, but no, it yeah. wasn't an afterthought. It literally <laughs> happened. Like, in the second in episode two, say, it happens. Uh, was it uh, Rick McCallum who's on record as saying that he left because he's concerned George was just making stuff um, to be merchandising yep. and not actually be part of the film. Yeah. Who, uh, who left? Sorry, I think I think it was a guy called Rick, Rick McCann. Yeah, yeah, I know he's a producer, yeah. wasn't he? From yeah, Medicine. Yeah, but, I can imagine. Um, and 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 it's interesting. And you can you can sort of understand a lot of Star Wars is based around selling toys. Well, it is now. What 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 does he think of it now? It's just a fucking cash cow. I, I was gonna say uh, now. Look at the Kenner stuff from the seventies where they were selling yeah. empty boxes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I know. But now the range you got... box. You can have your figure later. The range has got so much dross in it now, though. Like, when it's... is it ever not? I don't know. Some some of it's good dross. Some there were, there were figures back in the eighties uh, 
of that blue thing playing and not quite a piano. <laughs> oh, Max Rebo. Did... Yeah, he's amazing. Max Rebo's band. There we go. Ah, oh. Benji's a bigger nerd than me. That's not fucking true. From this. <laughs> <laughs> but there have always been some truly incredibly bad Star Wars figures. Yes, there have, yeah. Yeah. Very, okay. very bad. Well, I mean, most of the Kenner ones were pretty awful. <laughs> they, they have some nostalgic charm. Nostalgic? No, I've only been on the Pepsi this evening. He's on the port, <laughs> that's what it is. Oh, I could go and get the port. There's also some cider downstairs because I went to a wholesaler and came back with a slab of cider. Wow. I just don't buy that because I drink it, so I just don't buy it. You end up with diabetes if you drink too much cider. I have like two a week with meals. I thought you were going to say I have type 2 diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> did sound that way. <laughs> I thought you were going that way. <sighs> Again, you people. At least you have beverages to drink that will drown us Not out. Now. I've got no drink at the moment. All right. I've well, still I've got, got no water. Dinner. I've still got water and I've still got most of a G&T. This has been really... Drinking now I have drunk. Can we just not publish this episode ever? No, no, Bench. It's not it's an episode not... nine and it's not an episode 17. We're fine. <laughs> what is it? What episode are we actually on? Which one was episode 17? 17 oh. was Lost Hemisphere. Uh-oh. Oh, you, you nine was Golden Troll. Nine was well, no, no, not ours. I mean, nine, episode nine of. of oh, um, what do you mean that uh, Aussie podcast? Yes, that was episode oh. nine, wasn't it? Oh. And episode episode seventeen was um, Lost Hemispheres. Episode seventeen, which was uh, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, right, yes, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, yes. uh, probably before your time, Benj, of being a community figure. Um, yeah, I'm not a community okay. figure now. You are a community figure. You're a judge at many, many tournaments. I show up and people look at me funny. How is that different to your everyday life, Benj? Uh, good point. I mean, I'm actually having to read the rule book for Blood and Oil. We're actually doing I need a PDF copy. You're reading the rule book for Blood and Oil? That means you're not coming to my convention, Benj? I'm not coming to your convention because you won't do day passes and you know how I feel about everything. But that's because, Benj, we're a proper convention. We're not one of these fly-by-night <sighs> things that you can just turn up to for a day, go, yep. I've had my fill, and then swan off again. No, no, no. We're there for a full weekend experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I don't like people for a weekend. Like, I mean, they're, they're people, and they're, they're like anime people. Oh, it's so weird. I'm, I'm not... I'm, ri- I'm sorry, I'm almost concerned by what Rich Dean is just uh, drinking. Whiskey, drambuie, and orange juice. What? Yeah, he gets creative. I Nothing mean, shocks me with Rich and his tweet. He sends me tweets, like, of have we tried this? No, Rich. No, I haven't tried that. No. Do we drive him to drink? No, we don't. He just enjoys it anyway. Okay, oh, am I deriding BonesCon? No, absolutely not. I'm involved in BonesCon. I'm uh, not. Nobody likes me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't even going to say anything this episode, but you just set that up. Benji, you are the, you're like the rain cloud over my parade at all times. Wherever I move the parade to, the all time. rain cloud just chugs along in the sky behind it. I'm not at all times. Because... That's reminding me of an episode of The Flump. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh, a reference for a decade. Fuck you are really down with the kids, aren't you, Kurt? What, what the, the fuck f- is The Flump? <laughs> nice. Look, oh, what did I have a go at somebody about? I had a go at somebody about not knowing what Astro Farm was. What? There you go. Yeah, it was, it was a 
kids program in the 90s. I remember it because I vomited heavily during one episode when I was a kid. <laughs> okay. I, I remember the food I was eating as well. It was like these vegetable, like, fish dick type things, but they weren't, you know, they, did, they instead of fish, they were vegetables. We apologise for the content of this episode. It's not really content. <laughs> and also the content that. of Benji's stomach. Yeah. Yes. But I remember puking. Yeah. And I remember the theme tune as well. It's quite a... Good. Don't sing. All right, fine. I, I sat remembers children, I sat and shaved my children in Ulysses 31, expecting them to be quite excited. I'm and sorry, it, it's not that I heard I sat and shaved my children. <laughs> I didn't say that. That's not what I said. <laughs> Yo, Kurt. A, a Kurt's children Ewoks. <laughs> not anymore. Kurt a Wookiee. Careful. <laughs> He's tall enough to be. Uh, Jeez. No, I showed them Ulysses 31. Oh, okay. They were That's not impressed. Yeah, well, I thought Iris is getting into anime in various cool. I thought she'd like that. No, not really. Uh, liking, liking sort of Greek things. No, she's like it. I was like, oh, fine. So I just, I just sing the theme tune all day now. Wow, you listen to this. Math. He doesn't remember Astro Farm. What? Yeah. Better remembers UC's thirty one though. Yeah, oh, everybody remembers that. Yeah. Yeah. That was some that was some good shit. You can get it on DVD. Get it on YouTube. It's, all of it is on YouTube. Mm. <sighs> well that did make me laugh. That's my laughter for the week. No more. That's your one laugh you're allowed. Mm. It's not been a laughing week this week, really. It's just been a coughing up guts. Mm-hmm. Nice. Can we stop with the bodily functions, please, Ben? Why do people get like so like strung out about bodily functions. They happen to everyone. And they're gross. Yeah, but I don't want to hear about you vomiting up all the time. Okay. Or coughing up, or whatever. Otherwise, I will send you the photo of my leg. Ew. <laughs> Why do you keep the photo of your leg? Unless it's for insurance purposes. It, it, was, it was to have an idea of the progression week to week. And also, <laughs> it turned out to be useful because the word doctors have said, hmm, it would have been useful to see this at, a, at an earlier point, at which point I went, aha. Does it have? Does it have like large font of like worse, <laughs> getting worse, <laughs> fucking abysmal? Uh, no, cut it off. The, the, there's only one photo of it before it kind of went a bit. Um, yeah, wrong. Um, very. Starting to feel like work now. <laughs> Tissue viability photography is part. It's, uh, this is like my work. No. I did actually have to see a tissue viability nurse. I've spent time with the team and talked to them about photography and then tried to get away. From- how was <laughs> how how viable was your tissue though? Uh, uh, was it wasn't my tissue. Oh his I mean. <laughs> well, I don't know how viable is your tissue. Um, <laughs> that's between me and the tissue viability nurse. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not gonna air any more of my medical problems uh, right now. So uh, why not? They're, no, they're not entertaining, but they're they're actually a a human misery train. I mean, if you if if I feel down, sometimes I do think about that episode, and then realise there could be a lot worse. Fair enough. It's, it's nice to. I, uh, That's a compliment somewhere. Uh, um. Uh, uh, thank you. It's all right. No problem. Do you know what I do, Benj? I, I think about the one time I was on Skype with Mike when he was utterly trolled on um, port, and that was very entertaining. <laughs> it's a long time I've, ago now. I've never seen him drunk. Oh, I remember I've talk- that. I've talked to him very drunk. Only once, very drunk, and it stays with me. It's very interesting. I was fairly sober, and it was very funny. My glasses have never recovered from that evening. <laughs> uh, because that was that, that was the evening where I woke up on the bathroom floor. Wow. Yeah. You with work on. the next day. <clears throat> uh, was it? Was it what? Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Didn't, I forgot it was a work day. I thought it was a Friday or something. That that was near my time at the end, near the end of my time at the council. I was not having a good day. No, you weren't good time in general. Into, one drink turned into several drinks. I went to work after a night, uh, like a Christmas party, and it was a free bar. But I, you don't drive. No, but I could barely walk. But that, uh, okay. Yeah, I don't think he sees the inference. It's right, don't worry. What? what did you when do? one drinks too much the night before, one gets in one's car after one has slept and one drives, and then one gets a hangover starting at about oh, quarters of 12. And one goes, wait a minute. If I've started my hangover at quarters to 12, what was happening to me at half a state when I was driving my car? I missed the car a bit. I had to be driven to work. It also happened that was the day I had to replace a projector bulb. Oh, shit. Which means getting up a ladder. Uh, yeah. Ooh, and, what, and, and operating with your hands above your head. That was not a fun day. Then what happened? I didn't feel very well while I was at the ladder. That's really it. Oh. He's trying to suck you and saying you threw up. That's why he was doing there. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I really, really do. Uh, what? You don't throw up? Not, not very often. Not me. I I've thrown up a couple of times this year. Uh, if I had to remember the last time, it would be several years ago. I, can we, uh, the, only, the only reason I was going to try and steer us off the vomiting, but famous places <laughs> you've thrown up in? And because I've got one. Strangest places I've vomited in. No, well, famous places or strangest, yeah. No. I don't no. know. Give me another thing. I can do Madame Two Swords. Oh, on the stairs what? on the way up out of uh, the, uh, the the dungeon bit. You ever Did vomited you on someone? Like Jimmy Savile and have a reaction, or <laughs> no? I I bad eggs or something for breakfast that morning and just uh, had a pretty bad reaction and just threw up. And I remember some Australian guy. I think I was fourteen at the time or so, thirteen. And some Australian guy walking past, just saying, as "Long as he doesn't get on my boots." <laughs> I didn't do the accident. Have you, have you ever vomited on some? Uh, possibly as a child, having witnessed children do it to my uh, ex-wife. But uh, no, no, no I've vomited on a lot of people actually. Children, think... children, children are good with aim. That's and drenching. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, the, the 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 worst case I had was when I worked in uh, a school, and uh, people are listening for some really good gaming content today. This yeah, it's really good. It's quality. <laughs> By the way, um, we are talking about vomiting. And well. I'd like yeah. to add, that I am actually sat as well. Let's just go with that. Um, this is back when I was working in schools, and yeah. um, two little kids came into the IT suite. One of them hands me a laptop and goes, "It's broken." Okay, fair <laughs> enough. So I start fixing it. At which point, from about three feet to my right, I hit. <coughs> <laughs> oh god uh, just turn round to this little girl who's created a rather quite a nice projectile vomit all over the floor um, and then she just looks at me and goes I don't feel very well <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rich Dean is now asking what the title of this episode is going to be um, probably something like fully ramblematic or I don't know chunder <laughs> everywhere <laughs> The title of this episode is not going to be Chunder Everywhere. No, no. How about Chateau Chunder? <laughs> maybe Tactical Chunder. <laughs> or is that going too far? I'm just not quite certain. That, that's a, that sounds uh, almost like a Billy Connolly reference. I once puked on this girl's shoes. She was like, she was looking after me because I was feeling very, and she was like, I've got these new shoes. They're really not a <laughs> And then she left me to die. Um, so has anyone else been doing anything interesting gaming-wise? Uh, I played Ticket to Ride a while ago. I think that was with Matt. Okay. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was all right. Cool. Uh, well, that's that font of uh, <laughs> wisdom exhausted. Uh, just, I don't know. I haven't felt like sitting down with a board game. for. I played um, Lords of Waterdeep again with the expansion, which is really good. Now, I'm interested. Cause I, I've played a, quite a bit of, um, mainly on the iPad, actually, Lords of Waterdeep. I've played like a few games in person. 
Really enjoy it. It's a good, solid worker placement game. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, if, yeah, if any of the listeners are, are looking for something that's a, a nice, you know, I say re- re- easy to get to grips with, but there's a bit of getting your head around it. Um, worker placement game. That's a good example. How is this the uh, shadow? Is it Shadowport? Yeah, it was the it was Skullport or whatever. It's Skullport, called. that's it. Yeah. How do you find the expansion? Uh, the expansion adds a really good layer of, uh, a, a, but you have to shuffle those damn cards in properly to make sure you're able to get rid of corruption. Because we we were trying to get instances to get rid of corruption, buildings to get rid of corruption. Uh, the corruption dynamic adds a risk reward element to it, and sometimes it works, sometimes it backfires horribly, and it can really dramatically. Uh, fuck up your score at the end of the game and some of the quests are uh, a little bit uh, can help you like arcana quest can help you get rid of shift it back onto the track basically what happens is you have a you have an extra track uh, of of corruption tokens and then you have uh, the port itself which offers you uh, four extra spaces to go which or three or four extra spaces to go and they give you a lot of rewards but you take one corruption and every time you take one corruption from the pool it uh, accumulates basically a negative score on your final score i um it's because it's a game where it's kind of everything's out in the open but you can keep some cards back it can basically i won the game by giving someone a mandatory quest right at the end um and actually, but then he worked out actually that he would have still been two points off the lead. But uh, cor- uh, the corruption um, is, um, it, it really does add a, a really nice dynamic to it. The builder almost won as well with the corruption help, which was, which was good because people were going to his buildings, giving him like extra um, victory points um, because they were trying to get rid of corruption or trying to do. X, Y, and Z. It opens up the map a bit more and it opens up the original map more and gives more options. And you think, I could go to this space and get two rogues, or I could go to this space get two rogues, two soldiers and a bit of corruption. And um, and you've got to just maximise your turn and make sure by the end of it that you've shed enough corruption or you have less than your opponent. Well, I mean, the, the whole essence of um, Lords of Water is maximising what you get out of your turn. Yeah, so. it is. Um, it, it's really... I, I enjoy... a lot. My group has two people that go deep into the, the tank, basically. The, the, the people that I work with and play board games with. They try and optimize their maximum strategy. And it can sometimes prolong a game. We started that game at 2 o'clock. It went on until like 4.30. Um, and it's which is really weird because it's only a five, six ish turns can't remember um and that's the one downside it adds another mechanic to those people <laughs> that really want to maximize their placement and yeah. i was i'd been given a rotten hand from the start and it was only about halfway through the game when i was just prattling around that i saw two quest cards that actually comboed really nicely and was able to do that because they were too busy, opt, you know, thinking if I go there, if I take this corruption, if I get this negative score, if I don't get enough workers, they were overthinking it, and it just adds reference, that. Just oh, Lords of Waterdeep, eight turns. It's eight turns. Okay, it feels like it feels like less than that because the first turn you start the game off, 
and you're like, oh, it's just, you know, it's nice and friendly. I'll go here. I'll give you a, a cube from this injury card and blah, blah, blah. And then it's, someone nicks first turn and you're like, oh, fuck, it's on. It's, yeah. it's when you get the, you start getting the buildings coming out and you get the extra meeple and you realize you've got three turns left and mm. you're sitting on that like 20 point quest and thinking, I need six oranges and someone has been sat on that every single turn. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, it, it's a really really good game. Um, it is. It's um. It, I think it favors. I think you can strategize it out, but I think it loses a bit of the fun when you got somebody going around like he's like weighing up what happens if he goes to this point over and over again. The the, 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 the strategy is in- interesting because some people will mentally go okay, I can optimize my remaining turns if I do this. And then it's always good to have an agent of chaos in the game. The person who sits there and goes, okay, this person wants this, this person wants this, and this person wants this. Let's see if I block them all, what happens? Um, I was doing that, but the way that you had to, because the way that these people think, you had to get, you had to act, you had to um the two people that overly strategize, you have to get them to fight each other, and then they get basically, you know, you've got to play them against each other in that in yeah. any game that you play to stand a chance, basically, because they're very clinical players. Like, so um, that's quite fun to go unnoticed doing that. If they notice you, it doesn't work. <laughs> so I will say as well, Lords of Waterdeep is a great example of nice idea for a box insert, but if you tilt that box by even like 15 degrees, you have ruined your placement of everything in there. I don't know. Matt's got a custom thing that I think he built himself. It's really nice. Yeah, the, the original one that comes in there is, is just, it's really nice. It's got <laughs> little tubs for all your different colored cubes and you've got spaces for all your cards. And then underneath the cards, the slots for different things to go in. The, the problem is that if you do tilt the box anyway, everything just. Also, the box is weirdly split it's in three parts hmm. you've got a top and a bottom and this kind of um this inner bit that sticks about the bottom that the top connects to and it never looks like it's properly closed wait wait Very top, top middle or bottom top middle or bottom what are you michael barrymore <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yes no i'm not isn't he wasn't he found dead in a pool or was that someone no as a kid no. was found dead in his pool yeah oh okay is he still alive as far as i'm aware Okay. I haven't seen him recently. Does he not pop around for tea anymore? <laughs> no. Was it because no, of him that you vomited? No. At Madame Tussauds? Okay. I'm, I'm concerned. Uh, Michael Barrymore is indeed still alive, and yeah, he's okay. 65 years old. Oh, I thought he'd be older than that. So no. But I think you're older than like everyone here, but Kurt's older than you. Thanks for I, that. I don't I, own any slippers. <laughs> I'm in my slippers right now. I, I have some lovely moccasins on. How old are you, Mike? Uh... I'm 33 now. I'll be 34 next week. Okay, well, you still are. I knew that one. All right. Just saying. Just in case you forgot. You realize Kurt's like a decade older than me, right? I was going to say, yeah, I was, but he I doesn't was, look like it. I was 10 when, uh, when you were born, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Years of hard living has apparently aged me beyond Kurt. Yeah. Well, maybe it's the hair colour change. I don't know. I, I bet Kurt Dove or something like that. I don't tend to... Uh, Expose my skin to sunlight any more than they have to. <laughs> you a vampire? I think that's the case for that at all. Are you a vampire? 
No, that's no. not how you do it. Is that how you do it? That's why you're so fucking old and you don't the look like PST like... pan we all have. Were you, were, you, were you turned when you were like 30 something or other? No, no, nothing like that. Because okay. I generally just, just, you know. But he has been part of several Vampire the Masquerade. But... Yeah, dear God. <laughs> Not denying it. Interesting. I, I did. I did date a girl who was into vampire uh, oh, live roleplay no. stuff for what? And it's just, no, no, no. Did you vomit on her? No, I didn't. No. Oh, okay. Can we not make this about vomit? <laughs> 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 just I like that. I dated a girl that was into the vampire thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just imagining. No, I'm just imagining Nostrafu with a wig. <laughs> Nostrafu. <laughs> nice. That's very nicely badly said. No, but just into the vampire. Nostrafu. <laughs> you know, oh, oh, what's the other? Nosferatu. Nostrafu. Nostrafatu. Oh, I like that one. It sounds like a Disney version. <coughs> I can never pronounce that name properly. Oh, God. This is the worst. I think this is the best. No, this episode's garbage. Can we never do anything <laughs> with this episode? I don't. What are we even talking? What brought us all here to this point of like? Well, we decided to podcast, and then we just started. We actually had like there's topics to talk about. There's stuff to, that's happening. Is the is oh. the this is, I mean, we could talk about minions CID. No, no, no fuck minions. Too, no. Not even that. Too many podcasts do CID. I'm fed up of endless discussion of every way of CID and how plus one rat on this really changes the entire balance oh, of the faction. Oh. I mean, if it if it gave you like plus nine rats, then yeah, that'd be I something mean, to talk about. I, I, I get it. For people who are into a, a, a good tactical discussion, that kind of stuff is really <laughs> don't important. come here. <laughs> it's really <laughs> and and that's fine. We are not that podcast. We, we are can, terrible at the game. We, we can sit there and go. This model looks pretty good. That model looks pretty good. That model's trash. But we're not going to give you the fine, balanced, tactical analysis beyond, oh yeah, this looks bonkers. We're really selling this podcast. But that's not what we are here to keep you infused about gaming in general. Aimed at the War Machine and Horde's crowd, but about games in general. Because as we all know, people do not stick with one game all the time. Because... No. We've all had War Machine as our main game at various points, and we've all had our secondary games. We've had the board games we play. We've had the lighter and heavier games that we play. So, yeah. Uh, oh, hang on. A question for Rich Dean. Ignoring CID, did the reduction in cost affect your view of Blythe and Bull? Uh, yeah, they were pretty good on the table beforehand. At one point, they're even better. I, I, they're they're good. Um, I'm trying to find a way to put them into lists. Same way I'm trying to put um, uh, Dahlia and Scarath into lists. I, I need to find somewhere to put them because yeah, they're good. That that that, that that's kind of it. I I have so many mercs in this glass case to my right that I really want to put on the table, but then I look at it and go, yeah, but I could just play McBain. McBain. Well, get off your McBain crutch. Your OP McBain. Crunch. The McBain pain train. Yes, yeah. Scared the of thing, pain when you say that, though. <laughs> the, the thing is, I'm still finding McBain fun. Oh, how dare you have fun playing this game? This game is not about fun. It's about just measuring widgets, fucking... Measuring widgets. Game. It is about I measuring widgets. I say that since we've had the, the change in the steamroller rules, 
I have not seen a repeat of the most miserable game of War Machine. I have seen people basically doing free measuring, but not taking the mick. And I think that has been an absolutely beautiful positive change. You're not seeing that table full of proxy bases with measuring sticks behind them, across them, widgets between them, and like 300 other things. You're just not seeing that anymore. And I think that's a great change. I'm just going to go there right now and say, yep, for all the controversy it caused, full credit to PP, they have fixed that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Any thoughts, Benj? Uh, yeah, it's all right. I'll see. I'll see what it's like when I go to a tournament or actually play a game where I'm not dead in a couple of turns. All the decisions being made. Apparently, I'm the only person with an opinion on this so far. Well, I, I think I, it's good. It needs improving. I agree. I I haven't had or witnessed in its entirety what you saw, so I guess I'm not. I have. I have. Oh, what? really? You have already? I saw it. Well, it's same same uh, event, and I saw it up in Bristol. Um, I don't think Mike's referencing the, the Bristol. No, it, there have been some bad games there with like measuring sticks everywhere, um, mm. but the, the the most miserable game of War Machine and and the person involved knows because I've kind of I, I've talked to them privately about it as well. I'm not going to name names, but it was a game where someone said, "Okay, I have 56 minutes left on my clock. Uh, if this assassination does not go off, I am probably going to clock out. So please beware." I'm going to be sit, sat here working at my assassination for the rest of my for the rest of the time, and just Whoa. watching him set up measuring sticks from almost every single model, work out where everything has to go, place down proxy bases where they've got to end up, work out the order of activation, you know, get down to about ten minutes left on his clock, move the first model, gets to about the third or fourth model in the chain, and he he needs a lot to to happen but he's got very good odds on all the dice rolls. Uh, gets to about the third or fourth model along, misses, and then goes, yep, good game. And his opponent has been sat there for 45 minutes just watching him put sticks down. I'd, I'd take that win. Sorry. I'd, I'd take the win. I wouldn't be happy about it. Mm. Um, this is the thing. Um, I would rather play a good, tight close game that keeps me involved the whole time that keeps me thinking that that makes me go okay i need to do this and this and this in my turn i'd rather play that a million times over than just sit there and go my opponent's going to clock out i'm just going to sit here and wait that's that's interesting because i don't think these games uh anymore are a battle of like uh i do this you do this i do this you do this you know given Give and take, they are. They seem to be games. Seem to be pretty decisive, or one at list chicken these days. Whenever I, I, I would disagree. Um, I think it very much depends on what army you're playing, what you're playing into. Uh, yeah, it can vary pretty wildly. Um, but I think good close games are out there to be had. Uh, and like I said, I, I would rather play and lose a hundred of those than have one win where I'm sat there watching a clock. Then just trying to come up with a response to that. I'm not. Okay, fair enough. I'm, I'm, I can see your point. I can, I can see how some people turn up to play a game, but if I've watched my opponent do that, I'll, I'll be like, nah, if it gets it, it gets it. If it doesn't, nah, I think fuck. Yeah. I, at the end of the day, um, for me, it's down to why I'm here. And I play War Machine because... I enjoy playing the game. And 
if I'm not playing the game, if I'm not involved in the game, if I feel like I'm just being steamrolled or steamrollering my opponent, I don't feel, I don't get that. Joy. No, it's not. It's not fun. I agree. Close games are more fun um, mm. when you feel involved. When you feel you've got a chance, and we're swinging one way to the other. Um, yeah. It's. Uh, I do feel that's harder. I feel generally speaking that War Machine is a harder game. Yeah, mm. it's, it's I, it, it, it requires a lot of thought to get a, a and regular game. practice to stay to yeah. stay in it. I think that's the other side to it as well. It's that regular. You've got to play it regularly. You've got to be um, interested in, in just, maintaining just from, that. Yeah, just one from Matt Townsend here, sort of uh, coming back on one of your points, Benj. Uh, Matt says, uh, "List chicken is there, but you can fight through it and win." Um, and uh, on, there are some list chicken matches where I'd say, yeah, you can go in there at a disadvantage and you'll need a little bit of luck. You'll need a lot of tactical nous. You'll need to play better than your opponent. Mm. But you can still overturn something that people just look at and go, well, this is a lost game. Yeah. Or you can have the complete opposite of that and know it's a lost game. I know that not every game is decided that, you know, it is a dice game. There is still a statistical chance. It's just decreased heavily when you purposely have to put down a bad match because you're playing in an environment where they say, Oh, I want to see how optimal this list can do. I mean, the, 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 don't get me wrong. There are bad matchups, like 98% of Merc lists into ghost fleet. You just sit there and go, who this is going to be bad. I mean, because, you know, look at all the ranged RFP we don't have. Yeah, I mean, I get one game. As I was saying this before, this is this is the dilemma. I get one game a week, and we can essentially like play. We can play the optimal lists in tier against each other, uh, and and one will have a really good matchup, and the other in in one game, and it will be basically a steamroller potentially. You know, not to you know, it will just be you know one side will get flattened or the other person sits there and takes it instead. Those, those are the kind of options. It's like I can play the most viable stuff in my faction, potentially annihilate this or have a better statistical chance, or I can play something that was fun and thematic and fluffy, but I get absolutely fucking steamrolled. I, okay. I, I wouldn't necessarily uh, equate like fluffy with a fun game. I mean, I don't, don't get me wrong. I don't see anything wrong with a fluff-based army. And in those theme forces, if you build them in the way that they are kind of, quotes. This is it. They're supposed to be fluffy, aren't they? No, yeah. no, but I meant, I meant kind but of I, like... You, you say that, but you look at the original version of Winterguard Command, which came out and people were fielding no Winterguard in there and 10 Warjacks because you were getting an advanced move with all your Warjacks. Oh, right. So it's... I mean... It, it's not just picking a theme force. It's also picking in what you, you um... need to be the spirit of the theme force, mm. which is yeah. a, it's, it's a very different thing, and it's very much up to interpretation. And I think in a game like War Machine, it has to be very much your own choice. You can't really fault anyone for going, no, I'm just going to pick what I think is the best list, regardless of whether in this universe, this list would exist. No, but I mean, in a pra in a practical sense where I want to shuffle around models, I want to have a, a game with my models where everything is equal. It's not equal. Some lists are definitely better than others. And so I want to play a game in a sense where I'd go rounds, and, and this is my, my, my mistake, is where I'd go around someone's house and play like a board game or something, or a deck builder or something, you know, 
rather than and that's why I'd, I'd like to see War Machine at that kind of level rather than being competitive all the time but it's not, it's just purely is, a competitive game Is that not where Company of Irons aim? Yeah, but I don't want to play smaller battles, I like larger sort of battles I don't, I don't want to play I do, think, I do think it's the complexity and the, um, the, the what did once appeal in a big way um, about War Machine, which was the synergies, the complexities, the tiering of effects and the order of activation to stack these together. I do find that the hardest part of it is if you want to do it well, you have to play it often enough to have that readily available in your head. You, know you have to, to play it often enough that it's reflex. You do. That's, that's a better wording. Yeah, you do. Uh, and that's hard. Um, yeah. Uh, it didn't used to be as hard as it is now, but it, it is hard. And I'd rather play a simpler game. <laughs> I, do, I still enjoy War Machine and I'll still continue to play it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm not Hardly rage quitting. Um, not that you can sell your war machine now if you try, but yeah, I, I think, I think the, the, the big thing that's happened, even just over the period, well, even just over the period of Mark Two to Mark Three, what we're dealing with now is uh, a collection of uh, I'm not going to say models or units, but a collection of individual cards that has more than doubled since the start of Mark Two. When you're talking more than doubled for each faction, yeah. when you're talking more than doubled for each faction, plus additional factions, plus what's coming through CID, there is almost no way that someone who plays as often as myself, yourself, or Benj yeah. can full, hope to fully appreciate every model in the game. And and like, like I've said many times before, and like you've commented on, is the Jenkins philosophy. It's, I'm, I, I know but I can't build lists to answer the questions that are out because I just don't know enough about what those questions are. But what oh. I can do is I can create things that ask their own. Yeah, yeah. Like, what I, I want to play. If I know what I'm what doing, do. yeah. then I have a hope in the game. I might still get caught in some really common traps, um, and I can hope to learn what I can learn from those. But at the same point, if I know exactly what I'm doing, I'm in with a shout. There is no... Um, but. Uh, I can see that, but as Kurt has pointed out, there's no beer and pretzels version of War Machine. That's like yeah. there is 40k, and that's oh, yeah. the pointing thing. Like if, if my friend comes round, he is coming round to play a tournament game in all but fucking name and setup and stuff like that. The, there the, is... the thing is that for, for War Machine, <sighs> and that's the sad part. That's the bit that I really fucking hate. We can't see, push your see, models around. I I don't actually find that as a sad thing. I, that's fine. I like, that's fine. I know. I, I'm in a minority. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, 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 I like War Machine for that. It is my tournament experience. It is my hard edge of gaming that just says no repeatedly. Yeah. Because you've got, you've got to work within a really tight rule set or just lose everything. But if, that, I want, if I want my beer and pe pretzels gaming, board games. Board game. Okay, but I... Don't like board games as much as as the next person. I I like these thematic military type things. Maybe I should go play historical because the fucking rule sets there are terrible and they don't work. <laughs> but um, I, would, I would say, Benj, if if you're gonna pick up anything, um, and if if you're looking into a historical, look at some of the stuff that Warlord Games is putting out because I believe they're uh, a lot of them are Rick Priestley Ooh. rule sets. Uh, stuff like Hail Caesar, Bolt Action, uh, Black Powder. Um, I've, I've played Bolt Action. That is a really, really fun historical. It's 
it's it's good, uh, it's thematic, and it's it's light enough to be really fun and playable. I, I can't see myself playing a historical. It's just a joke, man. I mean, but well, you, you've but, not got, I mean, you've got the beard for it, but you've not quite got the sand. So. <laughs> but I um, but I like. It's not to say that sometimes I don't like the tournament. Uh, you're you're letting me like you're not letting me have the best of both. This game won't let you have the best of both worlds, and people oh, will God. tell you that you can't have the best of it, which is kind of sad. That is, like... um, you can, I suppose the only exception is when you play in a small out of the main competition yeah. meta. So where, where I have found I can do that is less uh, to an extent Exeter, but actually when I used to, when, when at least three events in Cornwall, I'd yeah. be on there and it would be more lighthearted and um, I would feel competent at the game in my surroundings when, when I knew I wasn't when I went elsewhere. But yeah. um it, it felt more playing people who are on the same level that you can achieve, but it's hard to do that at an open event. Playing with the, your mates in a similar way, but the the only time I've ever played against light-hearted people is people who have brought in the lower brackets of a tournament when they've brought the yeah the, the stuff that, that I will say, Benj, that yeah. knowing which area of the country you're from, um, you are. Certainly, with the experience of I've had of the people from the Oxford area, if you're looking for lighthearted, you you are in the wrong place. Oh, I know, but uh, geographically, because, I can't help yeah. that. But... Matt Townsend, great guy, friend of the show. He's a very good tournament player. Um, you, who is he? Ben Hampshire. You play a lot. Yeah, that's the guy that repeatedly fucks me in the ass with uh, a <laughs> Grimkin with a broom great handle. Sorry, and that, yeah, tournament player. Going back into the mists of time, the person who I remember first meeting from Oxford, Chris, Chris. Cawthorne. I, he, oh, Chris, Chris, just don't even start me on Chris Cawthorne. He's a casual player that can learn people. It's just like, yeah, I just, yeah, casually watch your themes and casual stuff and you just get smacked up the side of the head by him. <laughs> yeah. he, he was the person Very who fun to, awesome. me what, what, what uh, is it, the Blood Runners for Scorn? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'd never seen them on the table before. I'd played school and opponents. I'm like, what do they do? Oh, they go in and they teleport behind me. What? What? What's going on here? Oh, my entire unit's gone away, and you're now. Oh, you're in the backfield. Fine. Um, I'm not sure what's going on anymore. Um, Chris Cawthorn was sneaky. Yeah, dark horse um, at times. Casual, and- but then would like, would would pull it out of nowhere. Yeah, he'd bait you into trying to punch his monk. Yeah. And then... <laughs> <laughs> um, it is. Yeah. It, it, interesting enough, uh, Chris Cawthorn uh, ran into him at one of the first War Machine events I ever went to. I've talked about it many times on the show. It's the one that... I Kurt, believe I, I was there missed. as well, yes. Yeah. No, you missed this one. Oh, it's not. All right. This wasn't Russell White. This was uh, the Legion of Snake Eyes event uh, near Bath. So I... Um, Triple Helix uh, Games. Where we first met was, was one that Chris ran, which was in, in Oxford. You and uh, I first met. No, it was Ross and Y where we met. Was it the first place? Okay. First time we played was at Oxford. Ah, okay. only t- it might be the only time we've played. I'm not sure, but I think so. Where you calandred me. I did. I, I have since learned to rely on uh, Starcrossed. Because not range, Starcrossed. Not range 16 now, is it? Not range 18, like it might be soon. No. no, but it's applying to Kayazi, and that's good enough. Yeah, yeah, it's better. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any def. Def 13 is as good as I can get. Yeah, death 15 in melee, Kayazi. Yeah, that's really bad. Are people going up and going, it's three dice to hit. Why is it three dice to hit? You'll see. Roll yeah, the take dice. Take that one away. Yeah. 
And then they realize, okay, well, it's only sevens to hit this. It's only eights to hit this model. I'll hit that occasionally. Oh, one of your three dice was a one. It's physically impossible to hit them now. Mm-hmm. Ugh, so awful. Oh, yeah, I guess he's got Starcross now. Grimkin, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's not, I've already had my wins about Grimkin. Not today, but we had it last time. I just It's the new fun police. Plate them all blue. <laughs> mm. Yeah, well, if, I, if that's the thing. If I did want to be competitive, I would buy the stuff that's in the, in the cycles as well. I, I think what? I've actually it may have hurt Matt Townsend by calling him a competitive player. <laughs> oh man, like that guy's a shark. Like that I said, a shark. you're a fantastic human being, but you will beat us all hands down with one of your armies versus all three of us together. Yes, so... the only time you beat him is when he's being stupid. When when he has when he has not weighed up all the options. Because I can still remember punching asphyxious to death with a conquest that shouldn't <laughs> should never have not been in that position. <laughs> oh yeah. Colossal this, this, Pathfinder. Bollocks <laughs> <laughs> This is like the one time I've beaten Ryan Evans, which was oh. um it, I I'd got striker one versus his striker two and he went uh, I've got all this focus. I think I'm in range. Ah, uh, what the hell? YOLO! And then just proceeded to move Striker down the field into my Striker and just whiffed every single one of his attacks on feet turn. So he's standing next to a six-focus Striker in the middle of Striker's army with none of his own army around him. And I'm sat there going, well... This could be worse for you. I'm not sure how. Um, okay, let's crack on. Uh, the only other time as well that was particularly hilarious was uh, blowing... When you, when you rolled a six? Uh, blowing Denegra up with Adjudicator, but Matt could tell... Was Matt could have gone so much worse after he said blowing, but okay. Yeah, well, uh, where he was like insisting that I was probably never going to hit or set Den- Denny on fire, and Dean was next to me as well. So after I'd hit her like multiple times with Adjudicator bounces and was just like, oh, you'll never hit that, will you? <laughs> and Dean was just rubbing salt into open wounds. <laughs> That was that was glorious. See, those those were fun games, fun games where statistically and and statistics statistics raiders, statistically, statistically, fun stuff fun stuff shouldn't have happened, but it did. Do you you want the good news? What's that? I found my headphones. Hey. (laughs) I put them somewhere sensible, and they'd fallen off the desk. You've been listening to Elite Cardre. That's the end. Yeah, I, yeah, I found my headphones. Think, We're done. Yeah. I think it is probably time we uh, we signed off because yeah. this is going to be hell to edit. Uh, no, it. just just don't just bin it. Put it in a bin. <laughs> put a bow on it and put it in the bin. I have to go hunt a fly, and I don't what, know where with, from. With a spear and a net, or <laughs> definitely trying to the net. Yeah, it's Jeff Goldblum. Okay. It could be, but you know the fly. I, yes. I know the fly, but if it's an actual flying fly, it's more like the the original, like nineteen, was it fifties one? Uh, yeah. Little face, the little head. Yeah. No one ever remembers that one. No, I know that one. Well, well that's that one. because it's one of the few movies where the remake was better. Uh, that's, that, uh, that's I think you could throw the thing into that as well. Thing from another yeah. world is a good classic, but John Carpenter's The Thing is a better film. Uh, John Carpenter's The Thing basically 
defines that kind of genre of horror it's for the rest been of my top 10 movies of all time i love it and i quite like the um the prequel that was made a few years ago i quite enjoyed that yeah uh, that, uh, that was the sequel that was the sequel it's a pre- no, it's prequel oh no it wasn't it was a prequel sorry it was the norwegians yeah, it was the norwegians it's, yeah, yeah it's the norwegians. that they see at the start of the thing yeah, yeah, it was, it was good. I like it. I like Sorry, that. I've only watched it once. It was really good, but I've only watched it. It's really good. I, it I've never watched it out of fear it will kind of somewhat lessen. John no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, it, okay. it definitely pays homage to it and it, it borrows from it, but it is. Uh, it works. I like it. It complements it very nicely. It does. Yes, that's exactly it. Let, let's just have a, a, a quick look-see here on uh, Google Play, the uh, 2011. In other news, the Six Music's best last half hour in radio first thing this morning was absolutely amazing. I'm now going to find some music. It's what, only- is it 2011? Yep. Fuck me. The 2011 yeah. version of the thing with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Which, yep. Yep. Um, yeah. It's a few years ago. It, it's £7 on um, uh, Google If you want Play. a shock, go and look how old Dread is now. How long ago when that oh, was made? No, How old is Dread? Five. Uh, what? It's five years old already. Really? Yeah, I was shocked. I watched it again last night. I was more scared because I thought you said 2005. No, and no, then, it's five uh, years old. Yeah. Been yeah. Petrified. It's not that old. It's also only six quid. Mm. Has anyone seen the new Blade Runner yet? No, no. book tickets for Tuesday. Yeah. I should be seeing it sometime this weekend if I can finish writing a whole con book because that's my job this weekend. It's a book about conning people. No. What? No, that's the Alan Tudyk TV series you're thinking of. Uh, hey. Hey. I, I will say, having now seen uh, The Raid, um, and having heard so many people go, oh, Dread's just ripping off The Raid. No, Dread's <laughs> improving The Raid. Okay? The Raid is decent. It has Dread... no story. <laughs> it's, it doesn't just, it's just kicking. It's, it's kicking and punching. But this is it. It's a good film. It is Dread... a good film. Dread better film. It's very good. You know why? Because you're taking the raid and adding Judge fucking Dread. Mm. That's really and, all you need to do. And technological violence. Uh, that I can take a leave. Oh, uh, it's really good. Uh, the the Lawbringer is. Is it Lena Headey? Or Lena Headey? Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's fantastic in whatever she's in. Just brilliant. Um, I haven't and, seen her in much else, really, though, than that. Uh, mm. 300? Game of Thrones? I, I mean, Game of Thrones, yes. I can't remember 300. What was she in 300? Uh, she was the main character's wife. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Come back with your shield or on it. Oh. Uh, yes. right. right. You're, you're not good with things, are you, Benj? All, all I can remember about 300 was a terrible sequel. I never saw it, and I'm really glad I didn't. I might just mail you a copy. Nope. <laughs> I'll burn it. Do you want all this crap that I've got, by the way, as well, at some point? Uh, no. What? <laughs> you don't want all this, uh, the steelheads. And- oh, steelheads? We, we barely ever seem to meet Benj. This is the problem. Yeah, this is your fault. Entirely your fault. My fault? Okay. Here we go. Come on. Apparently, Lena Headey was in uh, the most recent se- series of Danger Mouse. What? Oh, cool. That's <laughs> really good. Mouse. It's really, really good. I, yes. I thought you were going to say as Penfold for a second. No, it's, it's Armstrong. Armstrong is Dingy Mouse. He's really good. I was yeah, ready for it to be I awful. Did watch the, I did watch the Christmas special, which had them fighting an evil snowman. Yes, it's all that's right. And yeah. I love that to pieces. I, mm. I haven't watched more because I just haven't had the chance to. No, they're pretty good all around. I was really scared that the like the, the remake of Danger Mouse would be terrible. Then I watched it and went, oh, this is actually pretty funny. 
yeah okay this is fine mm, it's good because so, the original one was full of just like dumb puns and i loved pieces for that and it probably is the making of my sense of humor it's uh it's definitely uh, maintaining that rather well yeah good right i, I think we should definitely wrap this up Would you, uh, any other business or anything like that or not the entire show's been any other business oh good point it's yes. been people shouting at each other and, and then talking about board games and vomit I've been painting <laughs> I've been painting more demons this evening. I've been sat here thinking I could be looking at my L5R cards and making a deck to play. Have you ever vomited on a board? No. Okay. Still time. No. No, I I, no. I would I would vomit into my own shoes rather than vomit on a board game. Especially one that costs you hundred quid. Anyway, you've been listening to Elite Cardro, the awesome washing <laughs> podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. I've been Mike. I've been Kurt. I've been Ben. It's been pretty Bye. serious, this one, though. It's been pretty serious. No, we haven't talked about politics. No! Stop! Cease and desist! Or Brexit. Or Trump. Oh, no. Why I, Why do you always do this? And then everyone's like, six. And then everyone's four. We do live in this world, you know. I know we do live in this world, but that doesn't mean I have to make this podcast political. I mean, it is political in a way, because mm. most things are political statements. And saying that we're just a bit of fun that's trying to be apolitical is a political statement in and of itself. Yes. Um, people know my political affiliations, at least they should do if they're on Twitter or Facebook. Um, and I, I don't intend to bombard them any more than I have to, because that would just seem like some sort of rant by some maniacal left-wing madman. Um, so uh, uh, the only other thing to throw into it is um, is uh, the the new Jason Bateman TV series, which is utterly amazing. Uh, which one's that? Is it Ozarks or Ozarks? It's yeah. so good. It is as good as everybody says it is. It is that good? Okay, I, I might have to watch that. I, I, I will admit I have been watching uh, Star Trek Discovery and that. I've watched. I'm loving that. I've got. I'm still one behind. Though. I've got I've watched three. I've watched four yet. I've I've actually been taking my tablet into work, connecting my phone to it, so Monday lunchtimes I can watch the episode. It, it's that good. But well, there aren't spoilers everywhere. I'm not too worried about spoilers, which is good. Um, I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, uh, Jason uh, but, Isaacs. Uh, just yeah. yeah, very very good. Uh, uh, but again, Ozark is. Um, I'd read reviews about it and went, can't be that good, can it? And I watched it. It is that good. It is it is Californication levels of writing. It's really good. Never seen Californication. Oh, that's just filth, but insanely well written. So good. Well, of course it is. It's an it's it's a series of David Duchovny, and it's not the X Files. It's probably going to be filth. Yeah, it is. Because it's either that or was it Red Shoe Diaries? Oh god, that was before X Files. It's so bad, so bad. But um, no, this is softcore uh, porn by another name. Nearly, yeah. Um, and um, but Ozarks is uh is very very good. Uh, it's same creator as um. I do have to take Rich Dean up on something he's just said. You're right. against corporate exploitation up to a point, that point being the point where it impinges on my own personal convenience. Almost true um, in that I won't on principle do things like take Uber or Lyft or use uh, Deliveroo just for the, on the principle of those things. I haven't bought petrol or anything from an SO garage. I won lot of £5 of fuel in 15 years since I decided to book to not have anything to do with SO. Yeah, so uh, I, 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 go, I, do... I, go, I go out of my way to avoid them. Yeah, I do take my stands on things, but they they, they are uh, carefully handpicked. And there is also the fact that um, being a part of the modern world, there are certain things that if you didn't use them, you would be at such a massive monetary or, and convenience problem as to be driving you up the wall. 
Um, that's kind of where I draw the line. There we yeah. go. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, I, I need a drink quite badly because my yes. throat is going to implode. So it's been lovely talking to you, gents, for God knows how long. Some time. Um, thank you for listening uh, to everyone that has. I feel um, like we survived something here. <laughs> has it been has it been Rich and Matt or have been other people listening as well? Uh, uh, it's been Rich and I believe it's Terry um, who's been listening. Um, Benj, if you ever get the chance, go back into the archives and look for two episodes called Just the Two of Us. <laughs> okay. uh, because those are the episodes where we planned to have a recording and Alex and Nick didn't turn up. Okay. But now, I kind now of actually is, did want to talk about stuff and then I couldn't be asked. I think, um, tell you what, new, we, we both need to watch the new Blade Runner, Mike, and then we could do maybe do another one. <laughs> yeah, later on in the month. Um, yeah. Although, I was going to say, working up to the anime convention, real busy. Don't have to be um, rush. Don't have to be rush. I don't mean immediately yeah, after no, watching. No, yeah. Tell you what, we, we can go away, compile our thoughts, come with like seven or eight sides of A4 of discussion points. Yes. And then come back here and talk utter bollocks while on cider. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. Yes, absolutely. I might, I might switch you laugh, but you know that's standard operating procedure of this podcast. I mean, I, I've never, I'm yet to see you drink cider. I've, uh, I've had cans of cider on here quite a few times. Have you? Yeah, you? You just can't see because, okay, uh, there's a pint glass on my desk, and oh. until it gets like there, you can't see it. Um, so there's an awful lot of space down here you can't see. Plus, I'm not always looking at the monitor, although this is the first episode that I've not been playing a video game. Because you've been so involved in the chat we're talking about. That's no, I'm so interesting and involving and amazing. on eBay. Anyway, I, I really <laughs> drink. So I'm going to watch more Ozarks. I'm going to go hunt this fly. Listening to Elite Cadre, a War Machine and Hordes podcast. Email us at elitecadrepodcast at gmail.com or find the whole team on Twitter at bit.ly forward slash elite cadre. Music provided by Martin DeBont and Symphony of Spectres.